Welcome to Wellness Realness with Christina Rice. I'm your host, Christina. I'm a nutritional therapy practitioner, holistic health coach, and the creator of ChristinaRiceWellness.com, where you can find my blog, recipes, services, programs, and ebooks. In this podcast, I'll be discussing all things related to health and wellness, and I promise to always keep it very real. If you'd like to submit a question or a topic for me to discuss, send it in to podcast at ChristinaRiceWellness.com. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a rating and a review on iTunes, and join the Facebook group, Wellness Realness Podcast Tribe. So today's podcast is the last podcast episode I will be releasing from when I went to Mind Pumps Podcast Heart Event in Tahoe at the end of September. This was actually the first podcast I recorded when I got there, and I am chatting in this episode with Dr. Jordan Shallow, who is also known as The Muscle Doc. He's at themuscledoc.com and The Muscle Doc on Instagram, although he's not like super into Instagram as we discuss in this episode, but he is a chiropractor, a podcaster. Obviously, he was at the podcast heart event. His podcast is called RX Radio. He's a strength coach, powerlifter. You know, he's a he's a strong guy. He's the muscle doc. <laughs> but I went into this episode, this podcast, I really didn't know much about him. We had never met before. And the podcast heart event, we were just given a schedule of who would interview who at what time. So we didn't pick who we interviewed, um, but, you know, I'm done to interview anyone. So I was, you know, interested in what he would have to say. I looked him up briefly and thought, wow, I have no idea what I'm going to talk to him about, but we'll see. And then we sat down and... um. <laughs> This episode just cracks me up because in my head during this podcast, I went through like so many different thought patterns. I thought, okay, like this guy. And then I thought, oh my God, I have no idea why they had me podcast with him. Like we, I don't even know my audience is going to not like this. And then we kept going. And then I was like, wow, I really like him. And by the end I was like, I really like Jordan Shallow. Like I had a great time chatting with him. Part of why I love chatting with him is because I can be extra sassy and what I like to do is basically match the sass of whoever I am chatting with. So that's why one of the reasons why I love talking to the guys from Mind Pump too because we just kind of pick on each other back and forth and same with Jordan Shallow. Like I know I could be hard on him. I didn't want to be too hard on him at first because you know, you don't want to go after someone you just met, but then you kind of can tell if, if he's dishing it out, then he can take it. Um, so I was definitely, you know, extra sassy. This podcast episode went interesting places and I encourage you to just listen to the whole thing because even if at the beginning you're like, hmm, I don't know about this, just listen to the end because, We talk a lot about things that I think will resonate with a lot of people. And I also do just want to put a disclaimer out there. In this episode, we talk about DMs for a hot second. And I said in there that I don't respond to any DMs. And that's not true anymore. I went through a phase where I just didn't respond to any. And now I only respond 
to certain ones. I get really overwhelmed with all these messages and I don't respond to anything where the answer can be easily found on my website or Google or another post. I also don't respond to some if I just don't see them or if I just don't get to it. Um, but yeah, responding to my direct messages is not my priority because my priority is answering emails um, and comments where people are posting in public places and like also people in my program, my Facebook group. But I just wanted to say that out there in case you listen to this and you're like, well, she responded to my DM. Yeah. I went through a phase where I just really hated DMs and I still am not a fan of DMs. I think if you want to contact someone, there are much more professional ways to do so, especially if you want a valid answer. Because I mean, even my friends know if you text me something, don't expect a helpful answer because if I have to type it out on a small phone, I'm not helpful versus if I can type it out on a computer or if I can say it verbally, I'm much more helpful. Um, just because I gotta take time to prioritize and I can't spend all day typing on a little screen or I wouldn't get any other work done like recording this episode. Anyways, this was an unnecessary long introduction, but Dr. Jordan Shallow is probably somebody that you wouldn't have otherwise known about if you're in my internet bubble. And so I think it's fun to talk to people a little bit outside of my internet bubble. Um, I just like to give some context because I know sometimes people listen to things and they take it seriously. And I have certain episodes that are meant to be taken seriously and others that like don't get, don't take it too seriously, you know? So this is one where we're just kind of, we spar for a bit, then we bond over similar outlooks on social media, but fun episode. Honestly, I was pleasantly surprised. I, at the beginning of it, I was like, oh my God, I don't know what the hell is happening. And then by the end, loved it. Love this guy. And it was actually funny because after the event, I was listening to Mind Pump and Adam was talking about how they picked the schedule. And he specifically said that he put me and Jordan together for a reason because he knows that we're both, we can both be super feisty and hard-headed and stubborn and very opinionated. And so he thought it'd be super interesting to see how that turned out. Um, so lots of fun. I really want you guys to reach out to him and tell him what you thought of this episode. Like, make sure you do. Especially because I'm pretty sure my audience is very different than the audience he usually talks to because I don't have a ton of power lifters listening to my podcast. If you are a power lifter, though, I'm happy you're here. But he's super smart and has a lot of valuable knowledge to share. So make sure you check him out. But before we get into the episode... I want to talk to you guys about this episode's sponsor, my favorite full-spectrum hemp oil company, Ned. I'm sure you've heard me talk about Ned a million times before. They also helped to sponsor the podcast Heart Event. We all got Ned oil in our little goodie bags, which is a great surprise. I also think this is an awesome gift to give somebody for the holidays, especially if you're trying to hint at someone that they need to chill the f out or seriously if somebody has a health condition that you think could be like improved by using a full spectrum hemp oil aka cbd oil but so much more then this is an awesome 
present for them because it'll actually show results. I love this company not only because the founders are incredible and they have so much integrity, but because the product itself is seriously phenomenal. I've talked about how I was looking for a high quality CBD oil for a long time and most of them just weren't up to my standards, so I just never used it because I would rather use nothing than something that is not up to my standards. And Ned Full Spectrum Hemp Oil is everything I could want in a full spectrum hemp oil, aka CBD oil. So all Ned products are made from organic, whole, natural ingredients. They're all small batch, slow crafted, and they source their products from local farms and communities. They work with a legendary farmer named Kurt, and Kurt has been experimenting with hemp plants for over a decade and has really dialed in the exact strains needed to maximize cannabinoid density. And then they use a gentle, slow extraction process. They only extract from hemp flowers, also known as the buds versus a lot of other products on the market extract from the stalks and the seeds of the hemp plant. And this is a big reason why the Ned oil just tastes so good. It tastes like flowers. And then, like I mentioned, they use a very gentle, slow ethanol-based extraction method, which is done at room temperature. So there's no high heat or high pressure, which can compromise the hemp flower, its cannabinoid content, we don't want this. And then, of course, there are no isolates or synthetic ingredients. So CBD isolates are pretty common nowadays in the market. And an isolate is a lab-isolated CBD compound, usually in white powder form. It's been stripped of all of the other phytocannabinoids. And we don't have that issue with the NED because NED's full-spectrum hemp oil has all other active cannabinoids in addition to the CBD. So that's why it's not just a CBD oil. It is a full spectrum hemp oil. It also contains CBG, CBC, CBDA, CBGA, all of that jazz. And the only ingredients are the phytocannabinoids, CBD, and the non-GMO MCT oil. So you might find that a lot of other hemp oils or CBD oils on the market contain other ingredients like different lecithins, inflammatory carrier oils, flavorings, usually because they're trying to mask the flavor of their CBD because it's not from a high quality source. Remember, NED products are non-psychotropic, so they will not get you high. <laughs> um, but cannabinoids have a ton of different potential benefits in the body. They help to stimulate the endocannabinoid system in our bodies, and it can be used as an anti-inflammatory to help naturally relieve pain in the body. It can help insomnia if you have trouble winding down or staying asleep at night. It can also help with anxiety, depression, PTSD, it can even help with the treatment of some serious chronic conditions like epilepsy, Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, and more. Again, this isn't a treatment, but it can really support the body in a way that not many other products can because, again, this is working on the endocannabinoid system, which is not always stimulated by regular interventions. And the endocannabinoid system really affects every other system in the body. 
which helps the body reach a level of homeostasis. So if you are interested in trying out NED, their full spectrum hemp oil or their body butter, their lip balms, you can use my discount code wellness, W-E-L-L-N-E-S-S for 15% off of anything on their website. Just go to helloned.com and check out all of their products. I love their cardamom lip balm as well. I recommend starting with a 300 milligram full spectrum hemp oil. Do a dropper's worth about two to three hours before you want to go to sleep and see how you feel. And then do that for a while and maybe you want to up the dosage, see how it goes. But I use this every single night. Love it. Sometimes use it in the morning as well. And I know a lot of you have become obsessed with this oil, which I'm so excited about. So again, my discount code wellness will get you 15% off. Just go to helloned.com. I think it's time to hop into this conversation with Jordan Shallow. If you like sassy episodes, this one's for you because he dishes it. So I dish it back and I didn't agree with everything he says, but I enjoyed the conversation. We had some common ground in some areas. If you get offended easily, you might not like this, but if you have a more sarcastic sense of humor, dry sense of humor, I think you'll enjoy it. Listen to the whole thing before you form an opinion. All right? Okay, here we go. Okay. Jumping in. It's like podcast speed dating is what it is. Yeah, I know. I don't... When you record, do you use these headphones? I do. Yeah. Okay, I don't. You like a... Like a forward-facing like I mic just, or something. I just use a mic. Yeah, no. These are the way to go. I know. I need to get these. I'm just too poor to buy them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was it. Was definitely a sunken cost at first. You're not gonna yeah. make this back. Yeah. How's the trip been? It good. I mean, I just got in yesterday. Okay. Is this your first time here? First time in Tahoe. Okay. Yeah, I live in Northern California. I live. What like, part? Like, I'm down the street from these guys. We record. Oh, like, really? Like literally down the same street. We're like, I'm on the same street as my pop. How did I not know that? I don't know. Okay, wait, wait, wait. But you, did you grow up there? Because I'm from the Bay. No, I'm from Canada. Oh, you are? Yeah. Can you say something with an accent? I I don't know. (laughs) I think I would say everything with an accent. It's all in the vowels. That's where Americans get lazy. Like what? Like, well, depending on what state, um, you guys will say O's as A's, or it's in the words, too, like spell color. C O L O R. Right, that that's weird to me. It's C O L O U R. Oh yeah, that's right? true. So I actually I do think I like the way it looks better spelled the way you guys spell it. Just the aesthetics of yeah. it. The functionality we could we could do away yeah, with. But, but I think it looks nice. It. It's like fancier. It's like anything said with a British accent, anything sounds weird. Well, because that's the thing. We're like more colonial and Mm-hmm. Or we we're a bunch of shitheads throwing tea into the or whatever. I'm not too up on US history, <laughs> but that's kind of the go. Do you feel like your accent has gone away at all since being here? I've been told that because I never noticed I had one until I started going home after I lived in the States for six years. And then I listened to my friends and they're like, oh yeah. And it's just like, fuck, I used to sound <laughs> like that. So it wasn't, I didn't notice I had one until I left, but I lived pretty close to the States in Canada. So I don't know if I ever had a strong one. Okay. Yeah. Wait, what, wait, what city? Windsor, Ontario. Oh, okay. So like go to Detroit. <laughs> Cross the river. Oh, okay. So. I'm actually going to Canada next week for the first time, but oh, I, bless. I'm Where? going 
Okay, I don't even Fuck know the God. name. You guys are the it, worst. You guys know three things. It's like if it's Toronto that you think is a province, and you think that Vancouver is a province, and there's a place where people speak French, and that's all Americans know about Canadian yeah, geography. Yeah, no, I admit I know nothing, but it's like in the middle of it's in the middle of Canada. There's no. I'm just going to see my friend. I'm going for Thanksgiving. Okay, if I started it's rattling like Sa- off, it's like Saskatoon. It's, yes, Saskatoon, it's Saskatoon. Saskatoon. So Saskatchewan is What's the, the province. Oh, okay. Saskatoon's the city. Oh, okay. So okay. you could be going to Regina, which is. I'm the flying city. into Regina, okay. and then I'm go, and then she's picking me up. We're we're driving to, to like Sask- three, Saskatoon. Three hours. Yeah, to Saskatoon because she lives there. Okay. Yeah. No, it's it's cool. It's like I mean, think of you. Is how there you, anything there? <laughs> no. Yeah. Exactly. No. Well, it's like flyover states. <laughs> okay. I mean, it's the same geography, really, mm-hmm. right? Like, you guys have. I mean, Tahoe is the same ridge mm-hmm. and the Rockies goes right up into Canada. It's mm-hmm. the same thing. The prairies in Canada from basically, what would be underneath that? Wyoming, maybe? Okay, yeah. Montana? No, Montana's a little rockier, I think. All the states I forget exist. Yeah, Idaho okay. might be kind of in that same line. Okay, well, yeah, we'll yeah, see how it goes. There's, it'll be, oh, there was snow in Calgary last week. Oh, you were just there? No, no, no. I just have friends in oh, Calgary. Okay. But when you moved here, okay, like being here, coming uh, from Canada, yeah. do you feel like welcomed? Like, do you do you, or do you kind of always feel like you're like not fully in not the U.S. Fully. situation? Really? Yeah, yeah. Why? It's, America's a strange place to live. Why? Because it's 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 everyone poses as normal people, but they're not. <laughs> It's, no, no, it's, Can you expand more on yeah, that? Yeah, no, it's it's because it, you could look like a Canadian, but there's no distinguishing feature between an American and Canadian. Yeah. But like it's in the mannerisms, like it's in the way you're raised. It's in like like the close friends, and I, not across the board, but like the close friends I have that are Americans. Granted, I've only known them for six years, aren't the same as the close friends I have are Canadians because I know there's there's internal thought processes that resonate across my Canadian friends that mm-hmm. I don't have. Like I'll have friends that I'm really close with here, and then we'll start debating politics or something like mm-hmm. gun laws or second amendment stuff or um, healthcare, or whatever that will come out on the table and we'll start to talk about it. And they'll just have this hard switch where it's like the, some of the stuff you guys think is okay. is not okay. Like and everyone and every, listen, everyone else that moves here from everywhere else. Yeah. We're all talking about you. Like we all have conversations. Do you fucking believe these people? God, like, okay. I'll, like give an example. Guns are a big one. Okay. Guns are a big one. And like, I know a thing or two about history, so I understand the need for the Second Amendment. And it wasn't mm-hmm. long ago before the government did, like World War II, if you were Japanese, you couldn't mm-hmm. own a gun. Mm-hmm. And they would come taking your guns and they put you in camps. World War II was, or World War One. sorry. So that was like early 1900s. It wasn't that long ago where like, you know, protecting yourself from the government was necessary. Mm-hmm. An AR-15 is not necessary. Yeah. So, But I have friends who are like, they're like liberal and like, you know, they're, progressive and but they have like 25 guns mm. and it's like wow who are you hanging out with it's it's californians californians are strange they're the closest thing to canadians i'll give them that okay we're definitely it's hard i mean i've always been in california really? so but i definitely notice every time i go somewhere else i'm like wow people here are way more normal yeah yeah we're we're really because you're from the bay yeah i'm i grew up uh do you know where belmont is yeah uh, yeah. Just up in the peninsula. Yeah, I grew up in Belmont and then I moved to LA. That's got to be a bit of a culture. Like Belmont's like, 
like I'm the black guy in Belmont. <laughs> like I walk around <laughs> Belmont and like people are calling the cops on me. Like Belmont <laughs> is like that had to be a yeah. culture shock going down to LA. Um, it was it was nice. I, I no no I don't think so. I think going back to I hate going back to the Bay Area. I Why? really hate. I feel like the Bay Area. I feel like I'm stepping back into like 1985. Like they feel so behind on everything. Especially okay, what's like everything? It's actually the center health of the and wellness. T- health and wellness. Center of the t- well, the world wellness is kind of bullshit anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Why is that? that. Uh, wellness is medicine for the people who are good. Wellness. So I'm a chiropractor by trade, uh-huh. right? So a lot of chiropractors will sell this idea of wellness and preventative, and it's like you're selling medicine to people who aren't sick. You don't believe in preventative. I believe no, no. Don't measures. get me wrong. Taking preventative measures is one thing, but marketing preventative measures and not having like a hard objective outcome to fight against. Like I'm purely performance based mm-hmm. because performance doesn't have a natural history. Mm-hmm. Wellness can have a natural history. People can just get better as time goes on, and and like roughly speaking, and kind of speaking just within my own vein of practice, like being a chiropractor and a strength coach. Mm-hmm. But like, because like a lot of chiropractors will dip their toe into the wellness pool. Like I think there's a place for it. I think a lot of people overstep their boundaries and put themselves in that place because it's a marketable place to be. Who do you, who do you think of as like wellness? I guess. Uh, well, it depends. Like, it depends on what, like, wellness is such a suitcase term uh-huh. that you can kind of put so much yeah, in Yeah, I know. That's why I'm like, it's, who are you it's thinking sec- of? You no, know? it's, well, it's security through obscurity, right? Explain. It, okay. So, like, what I mean by that is uh, you can, you can't pin down a wellness person because they're so broad. It's yeah. a jack of all trades, master of none kind of thing. Yeah. So, I think we're like, I've gone more. And it, well, I think it's really just popular because of Instagram. Oh, God, we're going to go down this way. Well, yeah, one could argue a lot of things are popular with Instagram. You don't want to talk about Instagram? Do you think, <laughs> do you think the net effect of the world, word wellness has been positive or negative? I think it's kind of like, I think it's kind of a stupid word to it like. Is a stupid word. But also, my podcast is named Wellness Realness. Yeah, well, but that's I also I totally like think a lot of this shit we talk about is like stupid, but I'm just trying to get people to listen. Yeah, that's totally fine. I'm totally okay with that. Let's let's make this the most like clickbait title of all time. Just to which get would be to, what? Oh, geez, I don't know. They Maybe. have to have like verses. There has to be like controversy in it. Okay. Um, of what's hot right now? Like keto. Ke- fuck, dude. Have you ever gone through like? So I'll periodically go through the iTunes um, like top ranks in like uh-huh. health and fitness just to kind of see where we're at. Mm-hmm. And it's like the first hundred podcasts are all keto. I know. I don't get it. And everybody will be like. Right now, if anybody just wants to make a lot of money, I'm like, just do something keto. Yeah. You'll, and then, but take, you'll drop take, off the face of the earth and five. Yeah. And just say keto. Yeah, times basically. And you'll be so good. we can title it like, drop 100 pounds with keto. Yeah. Oh my God. We would like be the most downloaded episode of <laughs> yeah, the week. Yeah. That would be amazing. The, what's your take on it though? Because that, that's more ingrained into, well, like, so here's the thing keto, paleo, those aren't terms. There are places, subsets in like human performance where they're kind of indicated. Like if you mm-hmm. have a high cal- calorie expenditure, if you're like an endurance athlete, you're going to want to eat not a lot of food because you have to do it all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, like you know who Ashley Horner is? Mm-mm. She tried to do 50 Ironmans in 50 days. It was that like, sounds really hard. <laughs> yeah. But prepping for that, like imagine you got to get up and run the next day. You're not going to yeah. sit around and eat, I don't know, 5,000 calories in carbohydrates. Yeah, you don't want to eat fat because it's low, it's higher density food. Mm-hmm. Just a case where that's links into like actual performance, but ketogenic diets, paleo—that's more in with 
wellness. I don't have to run into that shit too often. Well, it's probably also more in with people who are. In, it's it's like not the people you're probably wor- working with. <laughs> I won't be working with them for long if they try to put okay. that shit up. Okay. Okay. Well, let's talk more about like what what you're what you do now. All right. What I do now? That's a great question. You don't know. Well, I don't know. I don't. No so knows. I'm not a podcaster. Uh huh. I have a podcast. Yeah. Like the identity. What makes a podcaster? That's the only revenue stream you have. Okay. I, I agree. Yeah. Which is why when people, yeah. Don't, well, whatever. so that's the thing too. Like I don't like, and this is going to sound weird, but I like, don't like the identity of being like one thing. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm Jordan. Hi. Nice to meet mm-hmm. you. Um, I, practice chiropractic i'm a strength and strength conditioning coach i'm a competitive powerlifter and i have a podcast mm-hmm. and an online business okay yeah. yeah so there you go that's yeah. that's the coles notes version okay let's go back to the beginning bring it on origin story oh god all the way back baby jordan baby jordan wh- wh- when did you start getting into like fitness ninth grade Okay. Ninth grade. I was five foot one, 160 pounds. You could roll me down the hallway. <laughs> so my sister was in the 12th grade of the same high school I was just coming into. Mm-hmm. And her friends would, for sport, put me in lockers. Lockers, garbage cans, what How'd have you. How'd you get out? Uh, I mean, they wouldn't lock them. They would just close them. You just have to push and they kind of open. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's good though. You need no. that. No, no. See, wellness is coming through. No, you need that. Kids listening, put other kids in lockers. No. No, yes. No. California is full of people who should have been fucking put in lockers. <laughs> who should have been okay, punched wanna, in the face. I wouldn't necessarily argue with that, but I don't think it should be a rule that everyone gets stuffed in a locker. No, because it's it's Darwinistic. It's survival of the fittest. And it's like, if you're like, I, I had a problem. There was a solution. It was, you know. What justified them putting you in there? Because they could. Because it was funny. It builds character. That's really fucked up. See, no, no, no. This is where this is where the school system going wrong, and this is where I want to run into punk ass kids like in the in the gym. Where the kids I work with at Stanford are are unique in the fact that they were all raised. I don't want to say to a higher. You work at Stanford. Yeah, so I'm a strength coach for Stanford. Super interesting. So yes and no. Um, it's what just, do you mean yes or well, no? Well, because it's just a job. I say yes. It's okay. my opinion. <laughs> and apparently you as an American and Californian are entitled to your we opinion. You are entitled to all you of You are entitled to whatever the fuck you guys want. Um, no, because it's it's a good job. But so the thing, if I was a Stanford trained engineer or a PhD or whatever, yeah, that's what they're known for. Mm-hmm. But people sort of, they conflate or they they reappropriate that level of superiority mm-hmm. to strength conditioning on the rugby team. It's like, we're not exactly the gold standard of like, no one knows them for that, but they just think that across the board, the criteria of entrance is high and maybe it is. And I'm just being modest, but I don't know. It's just a strength conditioning coach job. If you've done one, you've done a thousand of them. You have 18 kids who don't know how to move and you mm-hmm. just got to teach them how to move. So they don't hurt them. My job is to make sure these kids don't trip over shit in the weight room. That's all. That's I feel all. like it's really, it's, I feel like you would hate that job. No, it's interesting because I, I, I w- in in some arenas I would, but it's like they're respectful, they're adherent, mm-hmm. they're intelligent, and they want to get better. Mm-hmm. Perfect. That's exactly what I want to work with. Did you work at another college with another college team before that? Uh, no, I did some work at the Olympic Training Facility in Canada in my undergrad. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was like my prior strength conditioning experience. But the whole field of strength conditioning, like everyone thinks you know, like militant, one more bitch, let's go kind of thing where it's like, that's not really the landscape anymore. Mm-hmm. Like it's more towards injury prevention or, I mean, I like to say injury risk wait, management. Wait, 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 but I thought we can't do prevention. What are you talking about? No. And that's why I said, I say injury <laughs> risk management. Okay. That's well, and I air quoted 
You got that on video. There was an air quote. So injury prevention, I think, is a fallacy. Injury risk management is kind of what I do. So working from the side of like a chiropractor first and seeing a lot of injuries, it's like, okay, I know where the leaks in the pipe are going to come. This is how we fortify before we put the pressure through. Okay. Okay. Let's go back. All right. We're going to keep going back. I don't want to give you too hard a time. Okay. So you're getting (laughs) stuffed into lockers. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then keep going. Okay. So I had a girlfriend in the ninth grade. Who Did was she dating. stuff you in the locker? No, uh, no, I wasn't that. <laughs> Did you meet her? I in the wasn't locker? that meek. Uh, yes, she was. Getting, she was stuffed in the locker next to me. It was romance, <laughs> love at first sight. She started simultaneously dating a kid in the in the tenth grade who was on the football team. Okay, I was not on the football team mm-hmm. by any stretch of the imagination. Um, so my goal was to get go to the gym and get strong enough that I could kick his ass. Because they were they dated for like years after, like all the rest through high school uh-huh. and like the whole high school knew. That like just kind of got swooped up and oh. I was just some fat kid. So I just kept training and training. And then by the time I graduated, I was bigger than most people. And I was just like, you know what? This is fun. And then I just played hockey. And as I progressed in hockey, it's like I used strength and conditioning to get better at hockey. And then I would start skipping practice to just go train. And I just like training more than I like playing. So then I just, when I kind of, you kind of age out. Like if you're not in mm-hmm. the NHL by like 18, not really in the cards for you. So okay. I was like, all right, I could play college. Or I could just lift weights all the time. I was like, I like the other one. Let's you go like lift lifting weights. weights. Yeah. yeah, I'm not really that familiar with the whole hockey world. Ah, bless. Yeah, uh, when you said uh, Saskatchewan something, it's like, yeah, she probably doesn't know a goddamn thing about hockey. That, <laughs> yeah, that kind of comes with the territory. I really know nothing about hockey. Um, yeah, it's hard, right? Because in Canada, we really only have that. You guys mm-hmm. have baseball, you have football, you have basketball. You have like this 24-hour news feed of just like, it's like Wolf Blitzer on CNN, mm-hmm. except it's a white guy and a black guy in shitty suits talking about like statistics on first downs or something at like three in the morning. It's like no one needs this level of analysis. So always we're very myopic in our sports uh-huh. um, in, in like our dedication to a sport and it's just hockey. Do you like any of the sports here? <laughs> they're, t- they're tedious like they're tedious and they're overplayed and they're over dramatized and and the, they people get a inflated sense of themselves as an athlete and their role in society it's like hey we're paying you to put the fucking ball in the basket yeah. put the ball in the basket and shut the fuck up <laughs> don't care about your political opinions you're not an orator of our time like don't try to come out like malcolm x or martin luther the whole like kaepernick shit taking a knee it's like i understand and i respect his right of freedom of expression and i and i think that's good that he was able to do that um do I think Nike, well, Nike knew what they were doing. Did you see that ad? No. What? Come on. What do you live under a rock? Yeah. The Kaepernick ad like no. ex- blew up the internet. No. Who do you follow on Instagram? No, I would not, love to see your Instagram I'm not in the same feed. world as you. Uh, evidently. Yeah. It's like, Nowhere um, near no, sports. there was, um, no, Nike ran an ad. Something of, it was Colin Kaepernick, who was mm-hmm. um, the San Francisco 49ers quarterback who yeah. was famous for like taking a knee for the national anthem because mm-hmm. of the Black Lives Matter movement. And the, mm-hmm. the, the it was, it was like six months where like every weekend a cop was shooting a black guy and killing mm-hmm. him. The ad said something like, uh, you have to stand for something, you know, if you mean sacrificing everything. And people were like burning their Nike shoes because that's how polarizing it was. Like people oh, would videotape yeah. themselves I burning see that Nike apparel. It was, it was big. But my point being is like <laughs> the amount of influence that 
either athletes in the States or the States gives athletes. And I'm not sure the chicken and egg relationship, mm-hmm. um, that the amount of power that they wield for things mm-hmm. that really matter is, is, is mildly concerning. Okay. So that's yeah. my big gripe with American <laughs> sports. I would agree. I just don't pay attention to sports. I don't like how everyone is a celebrity over there, but, um, okay. So hockey players yeah. in Canada, are they put on this pedestal the same way that kind American of. athletes are? Yeah. I mean, like LeBron James is going to LA, right? Mm-hmm. He's not going to be able to walk down the street unnoticed in Los Angeles. Cleveland, even still, he's so, he's probably, he's like Coca-Cola. He's mm-hmm. probably one of the most recognizable faces in the world. In Canada, if you're a top level hockey player and you're in a major, or if you're in literally any city in Canada playing hockey, Mm-hmm. you have that same issue like you okay. you live uh your your anonymity is gone okay but you could be a good hockey player in los angeles no one knows who you are and guys love it yeah do okay wait sorry i literally no, 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 no. Not, hockey. Okay, you mentioned that do people uh, do professional hockey players in america play canadian or is it different oh, i need a whiteboard no no no. so yeah uh, are they good, different no, good, good question same league sorry same i have league. no, no, no idea. it's okay it's uh like you know how there's the toronto raptors yeah okay so the toronto raptors are in uh the national basketball association uh-huh. they're in the nba mm-hmm. they just were located in canada same relationship actually uh, the nba is a really good parallel because okay. the nba and the nhl run almost simultaneous schedules okay. Both are starting up kind of now-ish. Like mm-hmm. October 3rd is first game of the season. Mm-hmm. They both run 82-game spreads. The only difference is there's one team in Canada in the NBA, and there's over six teams in Canada now. Okay. The Canucks. <laughs> yeah, I think we're six teams in Canada. Okay. Now. So that's literally the only difference. Oh, okay. Yeah, so we, we cross borders. Except you guys are probably way better. Um, Statistically... I, I, up until the Red Wings won the Stanley Cup with Nick Lindstrom, I want to say something like, I want to say it was 100%, but I could, it could be 100% North American born, but 100% at one point of captains of Stanley Cup, which is like the World Series mm-hmm. of hockey, captains of the team were Canadian. So okay. the best teams usually have the most Canadian players just because I think, I mean, again, genetically no different. It's just because it's on a pedestal and it stands alone. Mm-hmm. It, it's the pursuit of everyone who grows up in Canada. Like okay. I could skate before I could walk. Yeah. Right? So that's like why you gravitated towards hockey. Yeah. It's, it's like this sport. Yeah. I mean, it's, you. did you find it chilly here this morning? Yeah. A little this bit, is like not, the middle yeah. of spring. Okay. So it's nice. Yeah. Well, it's like the point being is the country is covered nice for mm-hmm. six months of the year. Like I, I went to a wedding in Toronto five years ago and, on that day in the city, it was the coldest place on the planet. It was negative fifty-seven degrees. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I would. I'm too. Um. Yeah, I can't. You're too California. Yeah, I'm way too California. It's okay. We won't hold it, it against you. It's it. a problem. Okay. So, did you ever want to go pro? Yeah. Oh, everyone does. Okay. Yeah. And it's and like. And then why not? Just because you um, like lifting more. No, no, it's okay. definitely a skill thing. Okay. Like you have to be like the 1% of the 1% of performers mm-hmm. to actually make it to the NHL. Like mm-hmm. they're on, like I played a fairly high level and I would go, I'll go to the San Jose Sharks game and watch and they're four steps ahead of the level I played. Like they're just a different, you, you can just yeah. see it when you see someone on the ice. It's yeah. 
It's very fast sport. Yeah, which is good. You, and that's the thing. You have to have a predictive value. Like you have to understand where things are going to go. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it just looks like mayhem. Like if once you understand the ins and outs of it, it's easier to follow because you're not really following it. You're predicting how things are going to happen mm-hmm. and they're just playing out as you predicted or sometimes not. But yeah, it's just like base. Do you like baseball? <laughs> you're no, not sports. I don't like sports. What do you, what's your, what's your deal? I'm, I'm, Come whoa. On. Come on. Hey, 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 whoa. I was going to say, you came out with the whole I'm feisty thing. It's like, all right, <laughs> I come to play. Wait, wait, wait. Shoot. I want to know what Adam said about me. No, it's pretty much that in a nutshell. Like, he just told us about you and uh, Sal and him went down and you interviewed them, and they both, like, left the interview going, like, huh, wasn't, <laughs> wasn't expecting that. And then they had you on again, and it was more of the same. So it was all good. Okay. I mean, it was Adam. So Sal probably has a different, like, old yeah. man story version yeah. of it. But. Sal, Sal's like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Okay, um, <laughs> going back, tell me about when you, okay, when did you decide to become a chiropractor? Oh, um, yeah, that's a good question. Uh, so I originally started studying history and political science. Mm-hmm. So I was like a big kind of nerd when it came to that. Um, still, what are you, what are you doing? I want a four sig. What, I don't know what a four sig is. You don't drink four sigmatic? No. And- oh my God. No, we're not turning this into a fucking commercial. It's not. It is. No. Okay. I I'm, really Doug, want one. Doug, delete okay. this. Delete you, this part of the podcast, please. You've never had one? No, I don't subscribe to things that you are popular like on coffee? social. You coffee? No, that's the dumbest thing in the world. <laughs> mushroom coffee isn't coffee. I don't care well, if they're finished. I'm, I'm I don't care drink, if it's on Tim Ferriss' I'm podcast. I'm going to drink my chaga. I think have you, you, do, are you, you. podcasting? Discussing with Ben Greenfield this weekend? No. Oh my god, I would pay big money to Why? see that because you guys would go at it. I don't think I don't think he has a leg to stand on. <laughs> I don't. It's novelty. So here's the thing: it's novelty, not specificity. Continue. That's a, okay. All right. <laughs> so for While me, while I get my chaga elixir ready, elixir. That is the worst. No, you know what? Elixir. Let's just put that into the suitcase with wellness <laughs> of shitty words that should be said. <laughs> title wellness elixir keto oh yeah all right that would (laughs) the things i like or the things i don't like are things that make good titles okay um oh what is that stop putting dirt into water i love dirt that's disgusting it's good for you no it's not no it's not why because it's new okay specificity and novelty think of it this way okay you know stuff think imagine you knew nothing about nutrition okay right Yes. Like we drove like a railroad rail spike through your brain and you forgot everything you know about nutrition. Mm-hmm. And you were sitting on a bus next to a person who's 700 pounds. Mm-hmm. Even with no knowledge of nutrition, just being you without that, mm-hmm. you could probably give him advice to get him down 100 pounds, right? Like any anyone who's not 700 pounds could likely give advice to someone and get them down 100. Hey, dude, like have you... I think that's really debatable. Have you tried salads and walking? <laughs> Don't walk down the aisle in what a grocery if he does store. Have, what if he is walking and eats salads? What if he has like a disease? What okay. if he has a severe thyroid issue? Okay. You're being a giant pain in the ass. <laughs> so just the point I'm trying to make is there's a certain level when the intervention is nothing. Whenever mm-hmm. Whatever the intervention is, it's novel. It's Are you new. trying to say that everything Ben Greenfield says is like obvious? I don't listen to anything he says. Not that I don't listen to anything he says. Like I listen to it and I don't pay attention to it. Mm-hmm. Other than like the clips I've seen from I know nothing about him. Mm-hmm. Other than the fact that, that he might drink that stuff. I don't know if he does. I don't know. But we'll so the point I'm probably. trying to make between novelty and specificity is – if you sit on a bus next to someone who's 700 pounds, you could be uneducated and you could give them kind of a rough mm-hmm. framework like, 
hey, you know, 10 cheeseburgers, let's go five cheeseburgers mm-hmm. a day. A couple salads, walk. Six months a year, he'll lose 100 pounds. Mm-hmm. Thermodynamics, energy in, energy out. That's how it works, mm-hmm. right? I don't care if it's your macros. I don't care if it's on paleo or whatever the fuck. That's how your body's going to work. Can you talk about if it fits your macros? I can. Can I finish this? Yeah. Okay. Now, say Usain Bolt sits next to you on the bus. Uh-huh. He runs a 19, 19, 200 meters. Mm-hmm. He wants to run 19 flat. He leans to you and hey, got any advice? I don't know. Eat salads? Like what? There's nothing you can do. You have to be very specific. So that's what I'm looking at here. That's novelty. Why do you need that? Why are you drinking that? I don't need it. You like enjoy it. It, it tastes good. Okay. So I'm, I'm a utilitarian. Okay. Like I eat, I eat and do things at, regardless of tastes and okay. functionality is what I'm after. That's fine so if that's f- what floats your boat. But I like things do, that taste Do you? Nice I'm just saying like. Chaga also is really great for immunity and I need an immune boost because since it's so cold here so and I'm in California. But here, well, here's what I've always wondered is like and a, a relative benefit. Right, like if we put all the things that improved immunity, mm-hmm. in and in a, we maybe looked at a meta analysis of each study mm-hmm. or of each topic, and we rank ordered them. <laughs> I wish this was a video podcast. I want to take out my phone and just take a picture <laughs> of your face. And you rank ordered them in in order of I- impact. Uh-huh. To, where do you think that would rank? <sighs> well, I don't know how how many people, things are on the list. Well, I mean, let's let's look at the high points, like. Sleep, diet, exercise, hydration, electrolyte intake. Um, uh, I mean, consider genetic predisposition, but you can make almost an infinite number of things that would affect immunity, mm-hmm. right? So, what, so why not pick ones that you like? It's not like there's any downside I, besides I want to have a warm drink that tastes good and yeah, it has some health benefits too, but whatever, that's not why I'm drinking it. But I just think rank ordering them helps you prioritize. What, what are you drinking? black coffee why because i woke up at five in the morning okay so purely just like for the caffeine the caffeine yeah okay nothing else just black okay yeah interesting yeah okay you good that's fine all right it's fine i'm just saying but that's like also your choice not mine yeah but i didn't say black folgers Mm -hmm. i said black coffee Okay. It's, well, we're kind of getting back into the social media thing again and the marketing and the vein. Basically, the engine that drives this ship is mm-hmm. that. And I don't like the engine that drives the ship. Why are you even on any type of social media? Because there's business. Okay. Because there, there's a market of people who think like I think. Okay. It's a smaller market, but they're upset and they're angry and they don't like hearing about mushroom tea and. I'm going to end up wearing I mean, that. I'm just going to get thrown on me. I didn't bring this up. You're the one who went after it. I was, curi- I was curious. So, yeah. I mean, well, you... you're going to bring it. You're going you're to bring it to the lion's den. It's going to get, it's going to get taken down. I mean, I didn't even bring it up. It's just in here and I want to drink it. I'm not hating on you I for drinking curious. your coffee. This will, you can try. I, I have I, no I'm all in for coffee. it. Really? Yeah. How'd you, how'd you get through undergraduate? Um, I, I didn't need coffee. Really? Yeah. Adderall? Mm-mm. No, wow, good nope. for you. All natural. Wow, that's no fun. No drugs. <laughs> well, you're not going to be a high performer without any drugs. Um, excuse me. It's true. I, was, I mean, you know what? I graduated from UCLA with a 4.0, so I I performed just as well as I needed to. Hey, good on so you. So we're fine. Well, you're, you're just, I didn't need the caffeine. You seem like you have a lot of energy. Well, well, why? Like you that? just seem like uh, personality-wise. 
Not always. No. Just depends. All right. I feel like we need to get back to you being a chiropractor. Are we going back? back Actually, again? slash. No, no, no. All I right, want to go back to if it fits your macros. That's right. more interesting to me. You don't look at the camera. That's kind of like You said he wanted this on camera. Hey. Who's out there? Sal. Oh, I saw. We're talking. We're good. We're talking shit about you, old man. We're talking shit about you. I think if it fit your macros is, again, it's novelty. It's not specific. It's not performance-based. If someone comes, if an athlete comes to me going like, hey, I just got to hit like 25% protein. It's like, there's way more to it than that. Mm-hmm. Performance has a lot to do with macronutrient timing. And I'll fight anyone who says otherwise. Like, a carb isn't a carb that's mm-hmm. bullshit and that's a one of the tenets of if it fits your macros of like can you expand more on that like well yeah so a lot of foods are going to affect hormones mm-hmm. hormones are a big driver of athletic performance mm-hmm. so if you're getting your you know 25c that's a, i hate when they do that like oh yeah this meal is like 49p like 49 30c <laughs> and like 20p like it's pretty good right it's like I fucking hate you. You know what? You know what? If it fits your macros, is it's the RPE scale of eating. Okay. Are you familiar with like? Yeah. Yeah. And it's and as dumb as RPE is for training, mm-hmm. if it fits your macros, is equally dumb. I see. Yeah. For dieting. I see that. And so here's the thing. Like, I, I this will reach a lot of people, mm-hmm. and this will reach your audience, who mm-hmm. probably be like, "Fuck this guy! <laughs> Fuck this guy all day, every which way." No. But I respect. I respect if it fits your macros in the same way I respect CrossFit. Because CrossFit put a lot of barbells in a lot of people's hands mm-hmm. who otherwise wouldn't have barbells. If it fits your macros, allows people to control their... Mm-hmm. It gives them independence over the way that they eat and they can do it in a healthier manner. Mm-hmm. Um, but that health is existing in novelty, not specificity. So it's good. It's like going on a city bus of dieting. Mm-hmm. It's like everyone's going to the same place and you're mm-hmm. not driving. Which I, I just think... For me, I look through a different lens. I'm not about health. Mm-hmm. When, like this idea that like, oh, if you're like your healthiest, that's when you're your strongest. Like, no, it's not at all true. That's not at all true. Because if you're trying Who to be- Who says that? Who says oh, if it's you're, like, you're healthiest, you're your strongest? Yeah, like, uh, like good, per- good performance is driven by like good health. Like well, that fucker, Sal. Sal will I be don't like, think he says that. Yeah, I don't think, no, anyone, would, I don't think seen, anyone would argue that your best performance would be when you're at your healthiest. He says like health comes first and then performance will follow. Well, I think he's talking to like the like a random person walking around like if they want to be in shape. Not talking to like athletes. But I don't. I can't wrap my head around not having that to strive for. Like why not? Because not you, everyone's you. Not everybody wants no, to be I an athlete. No, I understand that, but like, I don't understand where else you're pursuing something. Like, I don't understand what other arena is more important than that. You think I, that I, so I work performance in the is only the, like the only thing to strive for. I think it should be held to the highest virtue. Okay. Because it's like I know people who can code their computers, mm-hmm. and they don't know the difference between a hamstring and a quadricep. That's an issue. But like, they could say the reverse about you. Yeah, but the thing is, I can fucking throw this thing against the wall mm-hmm. or throw it in Lake Tahoe. Mm-hmm. I can just go get another one. If this gets thrown in Lake Tahoe and mm-hmm. sinks to the bottom, that's it. Okay. I'm one of one. I think you're skirting around the issue here. Okay, what's the issue? If it fits your macros. <laughs> no, okay. Let's get back. Uh, okay. Let's get back to things you'll be... I need you to be more... I need you to be more specific. Okay. On because, what? Okay. How about let's talk about, you're talking about like a car wasn't just a car, but like eating yeah. hormones for performance. Okay. Talk more about that. Like give people advice. Okay. Um, 
I mean, I think insulin sensitivity is a big thing that a lot of people should strive to improve mm -hmm. and then taking measures to do that and like what? parameterizing them and rank ordering because you could take like what alpha lipoic acid or you could take linolenic acid and think like, oh, yeah, it's going to improve my insulin sensitivity because of this, this and this. It's like, yeah, but like you're trying to put out a you're trying, like, trying to put out a fire by coming in with a squirt gun mm -hmm. they come in with a fire hose right uh -huh. um, you really like analogies because I, when i do speak specifically about things uh -huh. it's usually too confusing uh -huh. especially over a podcast like a lot yeah. of the stuff i do is on a whiteboard so it's like i can draw pictures mm -hmm. um this way people can understand the relationship of the specifics without mm -hmm. actually understanding like the actual pathways that we're talking about mm -hmm. but yeah analogies are a big part of this so there'll be plenty more to come yeah i'm just i'm i don't think i've ever talked to somebody who just spits out so many analogies i just because I, I like it yeah it's nice it's I, helpful okay, they're good, good analogies thank you thank you they're I, really I excellent appreciate, i appreciate that yeah. uh so insulin sensitivity and, and how that pertains to like athletic performance like whatever the performance is you need to eat according to that mm -hmm. so like eat to prepare yourself for the highest stress you're going to have that day that for most people like most athletes, that's going to be your training session or your competition. Mm -hmm. um, I think carbs in the morning are mm -hmm. not the best thing. I think um, ways of fitting your Mac, like fasting windows, mm -hmm. I think are bullshit. Not, so here's the thing, not bullshit from a health standpoint. Like there's pretty cool research and I'm not ignorant to it. Um, but if I'm a, if I'm an athlete, I'm not going to not eat for 14 hours. I'm not going mm -hmm. to not eat for 18 hours, right? Um, so I think when that gets pushed, athletes don't, for the most part, know how to eat. So they find their information through social media and podcasting. And it's like, oh, paleo, I'm going to try keto. I'm going to do intermittent fasting. I'm going to do IFYM. Yeah. And it's like, no, 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 you need to hone that in. So for me, like some rules, carbohydrates, keep them around your workout. Mm -hmm. Um, understand the difference between, um, like the glycemic index mm -hmm. is, it's like fairly basic stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and then I would say your most important meals of the day, breakfast, pre-workout and before bed. Okay. Yeah. So like what, what do you recommend people eat pre-workout? Well, timing is more of a thing. Okay. Like what is an easy breakdown when I think a lot of people eat too close to their workout. Mm -hmm. Um, I'd say hour to hour and 15 before, um, fats keep them low. Because mm -hmm. fats are going to blunt an insulin response. So if you are trying to get carbohydrates, like available blood glucose, depending on what energy system you're going to be taxing, mm -hmm. like it's not obvious to me that a higher strength athlete is going to need a lot of carbs before they train mm -hmm. because of the energy system they're working at. Like I would say strength in the way I utilize it is more of a neurologic component mm -hmm. and um, endurance hypertrophy more further down that rough. I mean, it's, it's gradations, right? is going to be more of a metabolic pursuit, okay. right? Like uh, some of like the UFC fighters I work with, they need to eat in a way that they can sustain them metabolically, but they need to train in a way that forces them to um, be able to create metabolic strategies when everything's gone. Because it's such a sympathetic driven sport, right? Like mm -hmm. when you play hockey, someone's coming from the puck. But when my fighters go into a ring, it's, they're coming for the head on your shoulders. They're coming from the heart in your chest. Like that's, a, that's a different, <laughs> that's a different level of sympathetic drive. Uh -huh. That'll, you're not just going to like literally lay down and die. Right? Yeah. So eating in a way that will, and maybe even doing it purposely, like treating that as 
uh, a training variable that we could alter, right? Mm -hmm. So a lot of times with some of the athletes I deal with, you're not going to have ideal um, playing situations. Like if you have to travel, if you're on an airplane, you know, uh, like NHL season is pretty brutal. 82 games, you can play three games a week or, um, in, in three different cities. So you're on a, you're in the locker room, you're on a plane, you're in a new locker room the next day. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't it benefit you at some point strategically in your training cycle in the off season to go in and train not at and I'm going to air quote the shit out of this because mm -hmm. this is my, like, if you want to, wellness was one thing, keto, paleo, optimal. Op, let's just make the title of this optimal or optimization. Optimizing ketosis. Oh my God. That was like, <laughs> Done. that's just like a word vomit. Um, but training at times, for lack of a better word, where you're not metabolically optimal. So you can learn how to develop these strategies when you do reach an endpoint. Because mm -hmm. like we could load you up and we could, you know, come in, you could train in the middle of the day or whenever your body, your core body temperature is highest, which they say is the best time to train. But what if I woke you up at 6 a.m.? What if you didn't have a meal? What if you didn't even have any water? Mm -hmm. And then we trained. And then we pushed you to find those strategies and find ways to just execute. Because the biggest thing with, and it's a sliding scale in sports where it's like some sports are very, the, the dominance is in the physicality. Mm -hmm. And then some sports, the dominance is in the execution, mm -hmm. right? So, Hockey, you know, it's a physical sport, sure, but they're not large. They're not big guys. Like a lot of people think when, with, the, with the equipment on and all that, yeah. but oh. you peel them down. A big guy in the NHL is 6'2", 220. Okay. That's not a big guy. Yeah. Right? A big guy in rugby can be 250 pounds, 260 pounds. Um, and then you get into powerlifting. We're talking three strongman, 400-pound guys. So it's like the um, – I totally forgot where I was going that. Um, it's because you just I just go well, you this just is, like to go I, you've upset me now so I'm why trying to prove a point why you this is the well okay so optimizing it's good, but that's good right yeah, but character yeah yeah sure no I'm not mad <laughs> um, no so what I'm trying to say is like you wanna if someone is trying to work a certain energy system and it's the coordination factor right mm -hmm. so a technicality versus ex or, um, power up versus execution it's like rugby roughly speaking you'll have an easier time of it if you're stronger, mm -hmm. right? Hockey, doesn't Sidney Crosby not an overly strong guy, but he's one of the best players to ever play the game, mm -hmm. right? It's more technically prowess. So you want to bring him to the brink of his, his metabolic output. You want to tax the energy system, but you want to test him cognitively at the end of that. Mm -hmm. You want to make sure the coordination is still there. Mm -hmm. you, he still can think, mm -hmm. right? Where... A sp like an offensive lineman, yeah, and I don't want to. I don't want to say that oh, linemen are dumb, or rugby players are yeah. dumb, and hockey players are really smart. It's just when you reach the end of your metabolic tether, uh -huh. what else needs to be pushed? Well, a lot of times you reach the end of that tether in strength, you just need more strength. Uh -huh. When it comes to reaching the you know the end of your, that tether in a sport like ping pong, you just got to have it up here, right? Like you just got to have the ability to still be able to think under these conditions. So using diet in, in a restrictive manner sometimes in an off season so we can push the cog the cognition mm -hmm. earlier it's like you're going to fatigue a lot quicker mm -hmm. if you're if you're if you're underprepared from a nutrition standpoint for a training session but the idea is we're trying to get to that point quicker so we can spend more time in that fatigue state to mm -hmm. then start taxing the cognition okay right so that's like it, it's very dependent on the sport that you're working with yeah um and understanding where the bottleneck really is okay do you work only basically with athletes or do you work with like people who just like 
Want to um, get in shape. Yeah, kind of. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say primarily athletes, but mm-hmm. the the normal people who just kind of want to get in shape have the same mindset of the athletes. Like, it's a cool part about working in the Silicon Valley. Like, mm-hmm. the majority of my patients are CEOs or directors or VPs. Like, they're very... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Type A, like aggressive. Talk about how you like what you do with them. Well, they're not people who get told what to do often. Uh-huh. So I'm now in a role where they're paying me to tell them what to do. Uh-huh. So you, you like re- that. Um, it's a responsibility because you have to tell them the right thing. Because uh-huh. if people tell them the wrong thing, those people get fired. Yeah. And if I want to retain them as patients, yeah. or if I'm training them and retain them as clients, mm-hmm. I need to make sure I get results and mm-hmm. get results fast. Um, I enjoy it because it's a challenge because it's not wellness because they're not there for wellness because mm-hmm. they're there for performance and performance doesn't have a natural history. So for me, it's proof of concept. Mm-hmm. Like I work far outside the realm of what most people would consider a chiropractor does. Like mm-hmm. I can't, I honestly cannot tell you the last time I've cracked somebody's neck. Okay. If you can back out of the driveway, yeah. you're fine. And if not, we'll worry about muscles uh-huh. and things like that. The bone, this, like I get taught or you get taught in chiropractic college every time you hear that little pop gold star good for you really yeah right it's chiropractic college but it's there's a difference and you need to kind of take this on and as and it can be different from person to person like i worked at apple i kind of in a corporate setting for a few years and mm-hmm. you can crack like, like doing what as a chiropractor oh as a chiropractor yeah at yeah, Apple. yeah. Oh, so wow, like corporate okay. wellness i thought you were just like working out i was like yeah Wait. i just coded your phone <laughs> I was like, yeah we were like <laughs> no, no, no. i went from like the iphone yeah. 12 i need a career change <laughs> um no so that's a little bit different right like to me it's all about relative like stimulus right mm-hmm. so if the heaviest thing you're going to lift all day is that phone mm-hmm. so like, all right and your back kind of hurts from sitting and coding that phone mm-hmm. here let me just crack your back you'll be fine Right, you don't have any rest. No, not you specifically, yeah. but like the hypothetical Apple patient was like, okay, you don't really have enough resting muscle tone that your muscles are going to dictate where your bones go, anyways. And yeah. that's kind of how motor control works. Central nervous system, ventral nerve go to muscle, muscle act on tendon, tendon act on bone. Mm-hmm. So for a chiropractor to go bone first as a means of getting to the nervous system, because that's the change we're trying to make, mm-hmm. is like that's super downstream, right? That's very retrograde <laughs> to the actual point if i'm mm-hmm. trying to get to the effector i'm gonna go one degree closer like i'm gonna go right to the muscle mm-hmm. right but if your muscle is just kind of along for the ride mm-hmm. there's no point so when you move over to athletics or people who are pursuing athletics it's like okay we have to go muscle first so to answer your question how do i treat mm-hmm. them or how do i enjoy treating people who are not like professional athletes it's all the mindset okay and that's what makes it like i could i could power suggestion someone better like I could crack someone's back. And, oh yeah, that was good. That's it. and and just because they don't have a kinesthetic awareness of their own body, anyways. Mm-hmm. So I can I can download that into them. I can do something like I can do it. It's efficacy versus effectiveness. <laughs> That's like really intense. You yeah, download I, that. Yeah, them. no, it's I, I've worked in the Silicon Valley long enough. I've I've adopted their their verbiage. Yeah, moment. I like, can tell. But it's like to me, it's efficacy versus effectiveness. And when you deal with those high type A, high performing people, whether it's in the boardroom or in the weight room, you can do the right, you can do something right Mm -hmm. without it being the right thing to do. And I think Mm -hmm. that's where a lot of chiropractors miss the boat. I can crack your back right. Mm -hmm. And again, air quoting, but often. Didn't need to crack the back. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
Are we going to go back again? No, I no, no. Like I, I kind of want to talk more about like when you're working with like, the CEOs or like people at Apple. Yeah. Um, because I think a lot of people listening to this probably can't relate as much to the high performing athletes. Yeah. Um, but I'm curious: are these like are the CEO type more compliant or less compliant with like suggestions? Um. Okay. So, are you familiar with the psychology behind loss aversion? No. Okay. So. I'm getting to a point. I promise. We'll it's, see. <laughs> to be determined. Okay. If what do you think is more motivating to most people? Say, hey, if you lose five pounds, I'll give you fifty bucks. Or hey, if you don't lose five pounds, I'll take fifty bucks away from you. Uh, <laughs> right. I don't know. That's like that's like a weird paradox. Um, so research has shown that it's the latter. That okay. the majority of people like um, they don't like things getting taken away from mm-hmm. them that's how you know you're dealing with a high performer or not. So they're both, the, the athlete wants more. Uh-huh. They want to be given, mm-hmm. they want to be given more, they don't want stuff taken away from them. The gen pop person just wants to hear, oh, your knees hurt, just don't squat. Right, that's basically how my practice started because I'll never tell anyone not to do anything. There are ways to grade and regress and progress things, uh-huh. but like avoiding provocation is not a means of treatment, mm-hmm. right? It's a means of just not being hurt. So, <sighs> trying to think of your question now and you're totally ripping me apart literally i can't even with this okay this is why you gotta just answer the question no 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 it's way more fun this way okay are they more or less compliant oh uh they're more compliant (laughs) but you have to give them less things to do okay which in their case if they're not striving for like athleticism and they just want to stay in good shape Mm -hmm. because the mind like the type of personality it takes to be a ceo they're the same person Mm -hmm. they're just they're pursuing in different arenas like they're personality they get along really well like mm-hmm. i'll have one come in after the other and one plays in the nfl and one is four 500 and then the same person one guy puts on cleats the other guy puts on like i don't know a tom ford suit or whatever it's the same thing but he usually has less time because they're not paying him to be in shape yeah they're paying this guy to be in shape mm-hmm. right so you have to be even almost more specific with a CEO guy because I could have a cluster of 10 things or a progression that mm-hmm. I know 100% is going to get this guy mm-hmm. where he needs to be, Mr. CEO man. I know he's not going to do any if I give him 10. Yeah. So I'd rather pick of that, th- of that 10, maybe three or two corrective exercise drills mm-hmm. that I value to like maybe 70 or 60% of that cluster of 10, mm-hmm. but he'll do that 100%. Yeah. I'd rather take that than risk putting the ball in his court and knowing he's not going to be able to do anything with it, right? So how are you maximizing that person's time? By being very specific in the interventions that we provide them. So can you be specific about the interventions? Oh, okay, sure. Um, so think of this. <laughs> like, uh, Have you ever sprained your SI joint? No. You laugh like it's not a common thing. What? I so a spra- know sprained SI joint. So you sacri- Oh goodness gracious! Okay, your nutrition. Bless your heart. Um, so your sacroiliac joint is the articulating surface between your sacrum and your ilium. So your ilium okay. is kind of where your hip bone mm-hmm. sits, um, roughly speaking, and the sacrum is like an an osseous fusion, the extension of the end of your spine. Okay. Okay. So like your tailbone. So a lot of people sprain that yeah oh yeah if you squat How? if you squat a lot of, it's just sheer force right okay. so when you walk mm-hmm. your hips kind of move like this mm-hmm. right 
your your SI joint has this thing called an instantaneous axis of rotation, mm-hmm. which is to say your eyes are just glossing over. Just like there's no, not trying. enough mushroom coffee I'm in the world to. to keep you in this room. It's not coffee. It's chaga. It don't says get, coffee it on the thing. It's a sampler box. Oh my God. This is Bless the your coffee. heart. Okay. I'm going to slip this into your drink. Oh my God. You better watch I'm out. I'm going to be all like singing kumbaya. You, Someone you roofied me out. with mushroom. I can flex my shoulder without rotating it. I can rotate my shoulder without flexing <laughs> flexing it your si joint uh-huh. you can't have independent movement if you can it likely if you if you experience it it's likely an injury mm-hmm. so it kind of moves like this so the sacrum it's called nutation so say i'm getting back to the example i'm not going to forget your question this time because you're <laughs> so literally if the you, least specific person i've ever come across because you you can't put a fine point on it like if you were hurt i could be very specific about uh-huh. your injury all right so let's go si joint you have a sprained right si joint. i don't even remember why you're talking about si because joint. you wanted me to be specific okay 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 good we're on the same page <laughs> yeah. okay so you have a sprained si joint an athlete i'm going to give him Something for the glute mean, something for the QL, something for the psoas, mm-hmm. something for stability, and something to reintroduce load. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's gonna what's that look like and why? You want specifics? But We're I'm not talking go, about an athlete. No, no. So the, here's I'm drawing the contrast to the athlete and the CEO, okay. right? So the SI joint works simultaneously through three planes. That's the instantaneous axis of rotation. Uh-huh. You wanted specifics. I'm gonna blind you with specifics. So if we think of three axes of movement, like a a positive and negative Z axis, Z remember that for uh-huh. when you go to Saskatchewan it's not Z it's Z an X axis so which is side to side movement and then a Y axis which is superior to inferior movement mm-hmm. the SI joint has to control motions through all three of those planes simultaneously right okay. now have you ever rolled your ankle no okay um, athletes that roll their ankles basketball players volleyball players right and they land on someone else's foot they roll the ankle if you roll your ankle once you'll likely continue to roll it because you've it, it, you've insulted the structural stability of the ankle the integrity of the ankle is very much co- uh, comprised of structure it's ligaments mm-hmm. it's all ligaments I, so like you mean like throughout your life you're more likely to injure it yeah like if you roll this once uh-huh. you're likely to roll it again is there a way to prevent like that? There is, but that's a whole nother that's a whole other thing. The contrast we don't have of, time for it. The contrast I'm trying to draw is that's the stability of your ankle is entirely structural, mm-hmm. roughly speaking. Now if I dislocated your shoulder, this, I'm not going to. <laughs> don't worry. But if your shoulder is a lot of function, right? The rotator cuff, uh-huh. when you can strengthen and stabilize it, yeah. you can regain the integrity of the joint without actually having to have a surgical intervention more often than not. Long-term mm-hmm. outcomes of surgery versus conservative care in the shoulder very closely um, yeah. beneficial. Yeah, I actually did that. Did you? Not really. I, I fucked up my shoulder and then I had to be in physical therapy. Oh, this is what I did. I fucked it up. I didn't want to fix it. So I took Advil constantly for like two years. And then I stopped at the Advil. And then I, this is when I was in high school and I was an idiot. Then I had to go to physical therapy for a year. And then now, and then it felt fine. Then I stopped playing. So it was fine. What were you playing? Volleyball. Okay. All right. Were you the libero? I was libero and then I moved to Sutter. Really? Yeah. I was setter in high school. It's a height thing. Yeah. I can only play so many positions. I, I'm I either back row or setter. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, point being, structural stability of the ankle, functional stability of the shoulder. The SI joint is kind of a sophisticated measure of both, mm-hmm. right? So we have ligaments, like massive ligaments, like your low back, if you ever cut open a dead body, mm-hmm. it's just like a spider web of ligaments. But there's also a lot of muscles there too. Have you ever cut open a dead body? Of course. Is that what they do in chiropractic school? The good ones. Okay. Yeah, cadaver, cadaver labs. Like, if you really want to, it's one thing to learn like 
palpatory anatomy, like whatever you can mm -hmm. feel. But the second you kind of see like, oh, that's how the origin inserts or mm -hmm. that, or that's how the origin starts and that's where the, the muscle inserts. Mm -hmm in someone that who like three days ago had a social security number and like a name. <laughs> They're like, really that fresh? Some of them are. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. You get some fresh ones. Some look like extras on Pirates of the Caribbean and they've been there forever. Really? Yeah. It's fucking, it's weird. It looks like I couldn't eat pulled pork for like six months. Really? Like, yeah. Because it's just all frayed and shredded and like people don't have like skin over their faces. Was that like, was that weird like emotionally? Did you actually have to cut them? Yeah. Or they already uh, some of some of, so it depends if you did work in the lab you'd actually cut them so I did work in the lab so okay. you get like a fresh guy and you can fillet him. Did you volunteer for that? Yeah. Okay. Well, because like anatomy is the tent post of mm -hmm. what I do, right? So mm -hmm. it's like I thought if nothing else I should probably know this really well. Yeah. Um, and what better way to do that to cut someone's face off? So back to the SI joint, back to the specificity. That's the title of the episode. Back, yeah, there you go. That'll draw a weird audience. I don't know if I want that audience. So back to specificity, back to the CEO, back to the SI joint. Okay? So the SI joint has ligaments. So imagine a joint reaches an end range. Now the tension gets put on the ligaments. If too much tension, if there's too much shear in a certain direction, because we don't have... The, the main muscles of the hip are going to lock that down. Like the, the brain goes, okay, we're getting too far. What's going on? Okay, shut it down. So let's think of those three axes of movement, the Z, the X, and the Y. What movements are going to predominate through each axis? Okay, glute med handles lateral stability, right? Mm -hmm. It's not, I don't care how many times you put fucking bands around your knees and do monster walks. That's not how your glute med is going to work, <laughs> right? The glute med is a stabilizer of the hip. It doesn't have to be strong. And there's a difference mm -hmm. between strength and stability. So glute med is going to be something that you're going to look to address in the initial phases from a, a, uh, stretching. I'm air quoting stretching. Cause I don't like the idea or the axis of, uh, stretch and lengthen in muscles. Cause it's all neurological perception. It's not actually a change in length. Mm -hmm. Um, so glute med, go first, so as and QL. So we're managing the things that'll limit motion at the end range, mm -hmm. right? Through each axis. Mm -hmm. Okay, so for the guy of the football player who this is all he does, I'm gonna go each one. Mm -hmm. Dude, if there's a problem with one, there's likely a problem with all of them. I want you to do this, this, this to stretch. I want you to do unilateral stability work. So single leg movements loaded on one side to evoke a greater stimulus of instability to get those muscles to restabilize. Because mm -hmm. these guys are really strong but they're not necessarily stable. So I can give him, and then when it comes to load, it's like, all right, I want you to counterbalance squat for two weeks. Every time you have a squat pattern, it's counterbalance. It's mm -hmm. load attenuation. If I'm holding a weight at arm's length, the rate limiter isn't how much my legs or low back can handle, it's how much my shoulder can handle, mm -hmm. right? It'll retrain the squat pattern, no shear in the low back. You're not gonna sit back into the squat and have that flat shit. Mm -hmm. CEO, I need to be more specific. I can't give him those six things. So I need to figure out which of these is going to be the most beneficial of the glute med, the psoas, or the QL. So that takes passive range of motion, active range of motion, orthopedic exams. Not that I'm not doing this with the other ones, mm -hmm. but it's like we're trying to maximize performance here. We're trying to maximize uh, adherence kind mm -hmm. of with the CEO group. So with him, it's which of those three is going to be the most beneficial and then which stability drill is going to be the most beneficial. And we'll worry about load later. Okay. So was that specific enough for you? I could go deeper if you want. No, I think, okay. oh man, okay. I need, I need some like things people can leave with <laughs> that are no, helpful. No, no, okay. no, read a book. What book? Read a book. Uh, Anatomy Trains by Thomas Myers is a pretty good place to start. Is it's, it an anatomy book? Yeah, it's about like fascial lines. Okay. Because, but... no, all right, so here's a, here's a good takeaway. There's, I would say 90% of the issues I see across the board from athletics mm -hmm. and like whether it's the athletes I train or the athletes I treat 
or the CEO types or all my patients, regardless. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I don't want to say I'm exclusive. A CEO has a grandmother that comes in and sees me, like mm -hmm. that kind of thing. 90% of people, if not higher, their issue is instability, not weakness. Okay. Did a physical therapist ever tell you you had a weak rotator cuff? Your rotator cuff was weak? Uh, yeah. Yeah, of course. But here's, so here's the difference I want to draw. Here's, uh -huh. the ta here's the take home is things that are complicated usually exist outside of like a dualistic relationship, right? Mm -hmm. We kind of put things in categories to make it easy for us to compartmentalize. Things that are really complicated usually exist in threes. Legislative, executive, judicial, branches of government, <laughs> okay. proton, neutron, electron, sun, moon, star, uh, like things that can't purely exist on a linear spectrum have at least three facets to them or three dimensions. Go figure. Your body's the same way. Mobility, stability, and strength. Mm -hmm. People just look at mobility and strength. They forget about stability. If you were to look at me, would you think I'm a good runner? No. No, right? Of course. Would you think I'm okay at squatting weight? Yeah. Right? Because it's obvious to most people that anaerobic capacity or like mm -hmm. metabolic conditioning and strength are two separate stimulus. Mm -hmm. Right? Like if a, if a Kenyan dude came in here like running, mm -hmm. you see that new marathon record got broken? No, I didn't. Oh my goodness. I need to see your Instagram feed. What are you putting? Anyways. Okay. You don't want to see it. I, I'm actually curious. I'm just going to look and see who you follow after this. Um, so those two are, are very different stimulus adaptations, right? Strength mm -hmm. and, and endurance. The problem with gen pop physical therapy or just gen pop exercise in general is that they forget about that third piece. They forget about stability. They think that all their problems, if they have a problem structurally or like they're having pain, mm -hmm. it comes from a weakness, which okay. isn't true. Okay, pause. Pause. Okay. <sighs> Most people have issues with stability. Yeah. What are specific things people could do to help with that? Well, specifically, it would be depend on where they're unstable. But okay, so broad spec, single leg. Most people can't single leg. Single leg RDL. Okay. Do a single leg, hinge at the hip on one leg. Okay. Don't have your knee shake because what'll happen? Your foot's gonna go like this. Mm -hmm. You're gonna have like an acute onset Parkinson's like syndrome, and you're just gonna shake because mm -hmm. your body is trying to. You basically stability is you have a base of support and a center of gravity mm -hmm. or a center of mass, depending on who you want to talk to. When you either deviate the center of mass mm -hmm. or limit the base of support, you're going to increase the stimulus of mm -hmm. instability. So if I'm standing on one leg and most people will struggle just with this, stand on one leg and hinge into a deadlift position on one leg. Mm -hmm. Watch what happens to your foot and knee. Your foot and knee are just going to be constantly trying to find and react because mm -hmm. they haven't been trained to create a motor pattern. They're reacting. So your foot is actually, think of like holding a broomstick on your on the bottom of your hand and trying to keep it balanced. That's mm -hmm. what your foot's doing. Easiest way to keep that broomstick in one place, doop, hold it from the top. Mm -hmm. That's stabilizing the hip. Mm -hmm. All right. So every time, where do you train at? You're, you're still in LA? I don't train. What does that mean? We're not getting into this. Oh, goodness. All right. I, actually, you know what? I'm, what are you doing in two weeks? Uh, I'll be in Canada. Actually? What yeah. day? What day till what day? I'm going to be in LA and I'm going to, I'm podcasting in LA. I won't be in LA. From You don't even know when I'm going to be in LA. What, what days are you gone? <laughs> I'm only in LA from the 15th through the 20th. Are you going to be there from the 12th to the 14th? No, I'm going to be in Canada. Oh, lucky. All You're right. not going to be in Canada for Thanksgiving? No. You don't care about Thanksgiving? What Thanksgiving? Ours? Yeah. Canadian Thanksgiving? Yeah. It's not a thing like it is in the States. It's not? No. You guys treat it like Christmas. My friends in Canada treat, treat it like a thing. 
not like yeah so glow like across the you'll turn on tv and like there'll maybe be like one commercial kind of about it but here it's like oh, big, okay we're not really big on the holiday itself is a weird thing to celebrate mm-hmm. as you still have native americans living <laughs> in america it's kind of a weird thing to celebrate like hey you know, smallpox, well, like... I don't think people are really celebrating it in that sense. I think people just want an excuse to, like, sure. eat food. We just call it Thursday uh-huh. in Canada. When you guys... It's, what, third third Thursday of November, right? Is that your... Christmas? Yeah, that's, that's ours. That's your... Not yours. No, it's not yeah. ours. Right, okay. Um, no, point being, uh, when... Have you seen you even on Instagram, she rolls her eyes. I'm going to narrate. I'm going to narrate facial expressions. <laughs> uh, when girls put bands around their knees uh-huh. and do like glute stuff. This is a g- yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. That's bullshit. Okay. okay, it's not bullshit, but it's it's not... It's. Do you speak another language? No. Okay. Um, have you been overseas? Yeah. Where? Spain. Perfect. What part? I love Spain. Um, Seville. Okay, awesome. Okay, so if you were fluent in... If you were fluent in French, mm-hmm. you could go to Seville... And you could likely order lunch and get on a train, mm-hmm. right? That's how most people, that's glute strengthening. That's using resistance bands. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is you, it'll get you by if you're a tourist in Seville and you speak French, Latin-based mm-hmm. language. You do the same thing in Italy. Yeah. Like um, I, I'm not fluent in Spanish, but I can get by. Okay. Yeah. Now imagine tomorrow you're like, I'm going to move to Seville. Mm-hmm. You'd likely want to brush up on your Spanish, mm-hmm. Rosetta Stone Spanish, be more fluent. Because most people, when they're doing that, they're, it's about physical literacy. That's, think of stimulus adaptation like that, mm-hmm. where if you're strengthening muscles that need to be stable, you're kind of speaking a little bit of Spanish in Seville. The best way to operate in Seville would be to actually be fluent. Mm-hmm. So the best way to evoke stimulus at the hip, like specifically like the glute med, mm-hmm. which is actually the muscle that needs to be addressed. Glute max strengthening has in most cases, very little to do with it. And glute max is the one of the three glute muscles that actually needs to be strong and exert force rather than be stable and resist force. Mm-hmm. So evoking that single leg RDL and then hinging through that range of motion, you have base of support, you have a center of mass, we're deviating one outside the other. That has to now stabilize. It has to stop that hip from moving. I don't want to see that knee and that foot start to shake. Mm-hmm. So when you're doing that, that's the proper adaptation because there's a difference between muscle function and muscle action, mm-hmm. right? Like if we looked at an anatomy textbook, we'd say, all right, glute med, posterior fiber is going to abduct and externally rotate, right? Which is that Jane Fonda Sunday morning crap that people do in gyms all the time. They lay on their side and they have like a band around their knees, yeah. right? Yeah, it's dumb, dumb. It's so dumb. It's dumb for, okay, I got I to gotta backtrack because it's, think of- He's a, getting really emotional. Think of Venn diagrams. <laughs> Right, so think of a three-circle Venn diagram, where per- <laughs> performance. It's I don't have my whiteboard. You've taken my best tool away from me. Individual isolation and building strength has a very small overlap to functionality. Mm-hmm. Aesthetics, sure. You know, you want to go uh, hashtag something on a Wednesday. Turn up. Wait, I'm sorry, what? Well, like hump day things. And like, well, girls on Instagram are, I mean, everyone on Instagram is a little absurd. But like glute training uh-huh. is something that's, that is palatable to the math. I know girls with followings that like are just astronomical. Like millions of people follow these girls. And for what reason? Yeah. Right? Wait, I love this talk. Really? I could yeah. go all, we could do a whole nother one just on this. Continue. Okay. I, I want you to talk about the sh- like shit you see on social media. 
Do you want me to switch away from the glute thing? Yeah, because you're not getting anywhere. Oh my god, I I'm offended. Stand on one leg. Treat stability offended. as a separate. St- no, uh-huh. I, it takes way more than that. <laughs> uh, treat stability as a separate stimulus, but don't do it extra physiologically. Don't need Bosu balls. You don't need fucking bands. You need a base of support. Limit it and deviate your center of gravity. Boom. Okay. Hard and fast rule: shoulder, hip, and spine. That Those was... are your three hubs of stability. Okay. Got it. That was good. <laughs> good Instagram. Yeah. Let's go back to Instagram. It's brutal. How do you offer it? What do we, like, how do you I operate want, in the sense of like, what's your, what's your KPI? What does what's that your mean? key performance indicator? Cause with us, it's I not social media, it's business. Mm-hmm. So how do you address it? I've seen your stuff. It all, like, it, there's a thought process there. Everything. <laughs> no, like your page looks continuous. I, I thought you, I, wait, wait, what do you mean you've seen my stuff? I thought you I, haven't. I looked at your Instagram page before I walked in the room. Oh, so you do know what I post. I know everything about you based off of your Instagram post. You didn't know that? <laughs> that's that's all you need to know. That is your that is your existence online. You don't know me? Oh, wow. Okay. I know that you lied in this podcast and you said you didn't know what I posted about. No, I just saw the general like stylistic, like it looked like it was done with thought. It's a compliment. It's not really. Are you just not used to getting them? Like, what, no. why are you so... I, I'm just, like, I'm trying to, like, I'm trying to help you, like, nail nail in some good information. And we keep but running no, around no, in circles. Because it's the thing is, like, little bullet points like that are the problem. And that's the problem with social media, mm-hmm. right? That's why I think Instagram is such a... For a lot of what we both do is actually a facetious medium. Mm-hmm. Because what we can't lay out exclusion criteria in 60 seconds someone came to you with dietary issues, they, I would be hard-pressed to take advice from someone who'd be willing to give it to me in 60 seconds. Yeah, well, right? that's why I literally hate when people ask me for help via social media. Uh, the, your DMs must be awesome. I hate my... So good. Don't get me started about DMs. People well, that's, know. That's people a whole, know. Yeah. I could, pod, I could do a whole podcast about DMs. Th- I hate DMs. I, I'd imagine a girl is a whole nother Anyone who issue. DMs me, I immediately just like... I don't want it. Really? I just push them to a sales funnel. Your time is worth money, and I've wasted a lot of it, so I feel like I should pay. But think about it. Like, if someone's willing to, and this is how I, and I was just like, I'm just like you in the sense that, like, fuck, like, I don't care about your knee pain, mm-hmm. random person that might be a fake account. But if they're if they're willing to go that far, see if they're willing to go further and actually pay you for your time. Usually they're not, though. Well, Someone who's serious is going to email you. Not like slide into your DMs. That is the like the greasiest term ever. Oh, I just cringe. Slide, slide into the DMs yeah. and optimize ketosis. That would be that would be awesome. That's <laughs> that is art. That is an artful <laughs> clickbait okay. title. Okay, I okay. We're not leaving here without you giving me some concrete help. But okay. it's no. There's that's get, get smarter. Understand your issue. So. When Adam was, not you personally, but Adam was telling me about like the issues that kind of brought you to the forefront, right? Like you had some like gut issues and health issues that you figured out by yourself. How many of those things did you figure out through social media posts or how much was it actual research? Uh, It was through research. Well, what do you consider a social media post? Do you consider like, are you talking about Instagram when you say social media posts? Yeah, let's stay in, let's stay in the arena of yeah, Instagram. Yeah, not through right? Instagram. Exactly. So it's like, I have a hard time I have a hard time putting things out that are that are instant like that are instant takeaways mm-hmm. because I want to I want to teach a man a fish not give a man a fish. Mm-hmm. Like it's the conceptual understanding of why you're dysfunctional or why you're in pain is that I'm after. So 
granted from a business standpoint, it's not ideal Mm because people who do that Insta, you know what drives me nuts? The green check and the red X thing. Oh my God. Fuck. Okay. You know, all those people who like all their posts look the same and they all do that. Yeah. Like, I'm like, it's really weird to me. It's like, it, it feels like an infomercial. Yeah. No. And that's, it's just classic marketing scheme. Yeah. Because here's the thing. You're not. What they're selling isn't a solution. They're selling mm-hmm. a problem, mm-hmm. right? And that's where the people who are making money, in by my estimation, um, facetiously, mm-hmm. and they might not even be out of malice because it's likely just out of ignorance. Mm-hmm. They too, and not that I'm some fucking high and mighty preacher, it's just I know how I have to solve my problems. And a lot of the times when I have a problem, my problem is I'm not smart enough or I'm not educated enough on mm-hmm. the particular topic that I'm struggling with. Mm-hmm. So I've had to go down a lot of rabbit holes to fix my I took a Chevy Suburban to my left shoulder four years ago. I got T-bone in an intersection on my fucking bicycle. I had to Mel Gibson Lethal Weapon 2 my shoulder back into place on the Holy intersection shit. of White Oaks Avenue and San Tomas Expressway. So it's like, I didn't want to get surgery. Mm-hmm. I was t- 23 years old and I mm-hmm. had like a dis- like a, a powerlifting career-ending injury. And it's like, well, fuck that. No, like I'm not, I wouldn't have been able to attain the information necessary through mm-hmm. that. So it's like, I'd rather, I'd rather agitate people and, but at least get the message across that there's the message is not a takeaway point. The takeaway mm-hmm. point is you need to go further. Mm-hmm. You need to go further than, than clickbait optimization, ketosis, paleo wellness yeah. titles to actually fix your shit. Mm-hmm. If you want to be autonomous, like I don't have healthcare. So I got hit by a car. I was bleeding in the middle of the street. And the guy literally from the side of the road goes, hey, man, not are you okay? He says, hey, do you have health insurance? I was like, no. And he just kept walking. I was like bleeding out of my ears, my eyes, shoulder was like where my elbow is. Like, but he knew he was doing me a favor because it would have it cost me less mm-hmm. to get into an Uber, go to the San Jose airport, fly to Detroit, get in another Uber, cross the border into Windsor and walk into Hotel Du Grace Hospital on Olette Avenue than it would do of getting an ambulance and gone 2.3 miles to the nearest hospital in Sunnyvale. I could have flown first class Delta and it would have cost me less, right? So I think that's a big problem with a lot of, not this because I like podcasting because it's a longer medium Mm because I can go into specifics Mm -hmm. and and maybe from there give someone, like I still think what what we do is still very broad brush because how in detail did you have to go to fix your problem, right? And what what an impact that had on like the trajectory of how you now operate and like Mm -hmm. your career and everything. So I think if you can empower people to do that and that be your message, fuck yeah. Where it's like, yeah, all right, do a single leg RDL, whatever. Mm -hmm. Because for me, even from a business standpoint, like I know people with large sales funnels who do like large open mouths of their sales funnel. They have a har- large following is what mm-hmm. I'm saying, but their conversion's really low. Mm-hmm. I'm not looking for instant gratification. Like- <laughs> yeah, I'm not looking for instant gratification customer. I don't want that. I don't want people who want that information quickly. I want yeah. people who have enough respect for themselves that they want to learn it mm-hmm. and they want to be autonomous. And like my patients, like the normal chiropractic model is like, oh yeah, like I want you to come in three times a week uh, forever. You're going to mm-hmm. have to bring your kids in. They probably have scoliosis. It's like based off what information? Yeah. They run a good business. I pride myself in running a good practice. I see people, if I can't, if you're not better within three visits, you have a structural problem. Mm-hmm. You go get it. We're going to go get an MRI and we're going to use the gold standard of assessing structure. I find my practice, I strive to, and I, I'll never claim to be there because I think if you're there, you stop the pursuit of finding the gold standard assessment of function for each person. Mm -hmm. And that takes, 
a, a broad scope of understanding of where things could potentially be dysfunctional. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, the, the yellow TheraBand external rotation shit they had you doing for your shoulder. It's like, that is such a, that's such a low yield exercise. Like that's so, it's so, that's not sophisticated. It's, you're just running an algorithm, right? Mm-hmm. So for me, it's the takeaway is to learn more shit. The mm-hmm. takeaway is to not, to not ascribe to these things where it's just like, okay, here's your one thing I want you to learn from this. It's like the one thing I want you to learn is go learn 10 million other things, right? And mm-hmm. then when you get there, you'll realize how much shit you don't know at all. Mm-hmm. And that's where you want to be. The people who think they know it all, and fucking anything. You get to a point, it's the Dunning-Kruger effect. It's like people are, sometimes people are so stupid they don't know how stupid they are. Sometimes? Sometimes, sometimes, <laughs> unless they're sliding into the DMs, then it's 100% of the time. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think like you're saying, I, th- I feel like you're saying all that thinking like I feel differently. I don't like no, Instagram. No, 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 no. It's a necessary evil. I feel like it's hard. Like, uh, I mean, okay. Like yesterday, someone messages me and goes, okay. Hey, I see this DM. I don't respond to any of these. Really? I, just, I would try to respond to all of them. Oh, I don't respond to anything. Okay. No, I don't respond to anything, but I, I'll read them sometimes. And she goes, Hey, can you tell me what you did to fix your gut? And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? But I was like, it would take me three years. Like, it just not, I, I can't say it in a post. I can't say it in a DM yeah. or anyone who's looking for advice out of like a single message or a single email or a single whatever. Like, you're not going to get it in two sentences. Like, yeah. if you're serious about it, you need to work with somebody like individually. Like, you're not going to find the answer to your problems on Instagram. Like, yeah. you're just not. But like, I don't know. I just get really worked up. But no, I think we're we're cut from the same block. And I'm not trying to put a line between us. I'm saying that mm-hmm. we're unified on the other side of the line, saying mm-hmm. that your experience, because you found it that way, that's mm-hmm. invaluable. Yeah. Right? That experience is, because what that does, and in the continuum of treatment, what I've found is the physical, the physical falls away. It's the psychological that's going to make the biggest difference, mm-hmm. right? And seeing how you've come out on the other side of it and been healthy and successful after have like going through that adversity it's like mm-hmm. that's that's what people are really clinging to so i think if you're going to send them a message send them that message i think that's worth hearing because i don't think they operate in a space that there anyone tells them that because mm-hmm. someone will go they'll, they'll dm someone else who knows gut health and nutrition mm-hmm. and that person's either an idiot or a shyster and they'll give them an answer mm-hmm. and they'll charge them 29.99 for it and it's like I'd much rather take someone's money and give them better advice, mm-hmm. which is, and that's hard for me. Like I yeah. just fucking up my rates. Like you wouldn't believe good for you. Yeah. Well, like, and cause like I, but now I can do more work for free. Mm-hmm. Right. Let I me, mean, I have people. That yeah. Come that's in, what can, people don't get. Yeah. So, well, cause to me, I look at the Canadian healthcare system and that's how I, that's how I think about it. And that's how I was able to justify it. Um, that's how I was able I to justify it. I just know like, what Taylor's doing. That's okay. Um, that's how I justified it. It's like, well, in Canada, we're all willing to pay it forward, right? Like uh-huh. everyone will pay taxes. So no matter where you're at in your life, you'll never be bankrupt with healthcare issues. Mm-hmm. Like when I'm bleeding on the street in Canada, I just go, I've never, like they gave me a bill in the hospital mm-hmm. when I finally ended up there and got like an MRI on my shoulder. And I was like, what's this? And they're like, because, well, I, I don't have my wallet. My wallet's over there. Actually, it's here. I have a health card. Uh-huh. Then that's what you do. You go into Canada and you give them your health card. And they go, okay, yeah, here's literally anything you want f- fixed or treated or surgery for free. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about it. Because someone with a good job that pays taxes is paid into that system to help you out. Mm-hmm. 
and in hopes that when they if they get sick one point the collective will help them out as well mm-hmm. so that's kind of how i'm operating my business now it's like I treat people who can definitely afford to pay me X an hour mm-hmm. without a doubt. They make, you know, they make more in that hour being in my office mm-hmm. than I'm charging them. Mm-hmm. And if that means they're helping me stay in business. So some kid from East Palo Alto, who's like, you know, has a shot at, at going to college football, but has the fucked up knee mm-hmm. who, you know, he can barely afford bus fare to get to my office mm-hmm. and I can treat him for free, then fuck yeah, pass it along, mm-hmm. right? So I think if you can send that message to someone and, and just be like, you know, the, here's, there's more intricacies to that because maybe they don't know. Maybe they think it's a quick fix because mm-hmm. the one thing I realized is like when you're on this side of the microphone, you think differently. And, and to say like people that listen, like can't think like we do, is misleading but i want to say that the majority maybe either don't have time to take these things into consideration because they have stuff that's you know they have jobs that aren't really related to health and fitness but like i'm not the avatar of my customer Mm -hmm. right but understanding that if i can understand what they need and i can provide with my skill set and gerrymander a product around what i think will be kind of it's just like the ceo guy where i got to give him like three things where i'd give the other guy 10 that's how i approach business online is like okay well i have to give i have to give a product that isn't really necessarily super specific but based off all of the other broad spec products that are out there it's going to have more considerations taken into it because i i have that apprehension about even putting the product out in the first place the Mm -hmm. people who are just knee-jerk reaction put it out there's no thought process there. They're just their thought process in making income. It's like I'm focused on outcome. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the biggest difference. Do you? I'm wondering why you ju- you said you like just raised your rates. Yeah. What what like pushed that? Um, like one right of my now? patients told me to do it, which is odd. So someone why who, is that odd? Well, because someone who gives you money wants to give well, you. Well, they more know money. your worth. Yeah, which is nice to hear. Yeah. Um, but she runs, I mean, without giving too much away, she was, um, she's, she's a clinical psychologist. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's a physician and she owns her own practice. And there's actually, apparently, and she sent it to me, there's good research to actually prove because a lot of treatment is psychological or placebo or whatever you want to call it, that as sad as it is, when people invest more money into it, they are more invested in it. Right, which is a weird thing for people like me and you to consider. It's like, you know, if you had health issues, it's like, well, the money component doesn't come into how you feel because you're in tune with how you feel. Where people pay more and the the immediate outcome, even if you like, if you standardize for treatment intervention and had one person pay more, this person feels better, Mm -hmm. which is so weird. But if that's the landscape that we need to operate in and and navigate, then I want my patients to get better. If it and if it means doing that and taking 30% more than I otherwise would, sure. And if I can put that 30% to treating people who can't afford it and actually getting them better, mm-hmm. then uh, I'm willing to harbor that paying it forward model. Yeah. Yeah. I see a lot of people, like in, in my space more, I think making that that mistake, like a lot of nutritionists are giving out free consults or like they're charging like $50 for an hour 
And then they're complaining that people aren't complying, they're not paying attention, they're not showing up for appointments. I'm like, yeah, no shit. Yeah. Like, if you're if something's free or fifty bucks, like you're not really that invested, and you're also attracting a certain type of person, you know. And it's like, who do you want to attract? And like, I know for me, like when I increased my rates a lot, I was like all of a sudden getting these awesome clients. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, these are the people I want to work with, yeah. right? So it's like if you're putting out that you're worth X, Y, or Z, you're gonna get people who aren't that into it well it's interesting because it's like it's the difference between price and value mm-hmm. right and a lot of people they there's a superimposition of price and value and it comes it's almost runs parallel when we're talking about instagram it, it runs parallel with notoriety and credibility mm-hmm. right like how many people thought, I, I i my hat's off to you for de- dealing with dealing with i guess to me it would be it would be fucking like pulling teeth well because people what what i'm saying is dealing with nutritional based clients Mm -hmm. because of the emotional attachment that people have with food people i mean people can get to a point where they have an emotional attachment with pain Mm -hmm. and that's like chronic pain patients are really draining Mm -hmm. but like i look at you and think like fuck that's like having a whole practice full of chronic pain patients because the emotional is not there like when i check in with my clients it's like holy fuck, I just like deadlifted 40 more pounds mm-hmm. like without any pain in like two weeks. It's like, that's nah, fucking magic. Like, no, it's, it's, but it, that's, that's a, there's the, the emotion that's attached to that is, mm-hmm. is positive. It's beneficial. It, it, it's, it's uplifting. It's supportive. It's not like, um, so like I kind of went out on the weekend and had like, <laughs> like, fuck, this sucks. Like, urgh. but so the, um, the point I'm trying to make with Instagram is how many people that operate in the space that you operate in the health and nutrition mm-hmm. and they have a massive following. Mm-hmm. They have no idea what the fuck they're doing. Yeah, they don't. There was a girl, oh, I forget her name and maybe we shouldn't be dropping names, but like no, she I, talked about like shutting off like the Krebs cycle. I'm like, oh, you mean death. You mean dying. <laughs> That's what you're going to do? That's why you're going keto because you're shutting off the Krebs cycle? Oh, give Wait, me strength. I'll, I'll have to find it. Yeah, my, I have some friends in, in Australia who I who I work with that uh-huh. are big into nutrition and it was like blowing up all over. And she, I, I looked into her. She has like 700,000 followers. Mm-hmm. Imagine the ripple effect of that statement reaching the Wait, death. Do you, do you follow Lane Norton? How much time do we have? We don't have enough time. I'm coming to LA. I do. I, I, I'm just wondering if he, if she, I know he posted about some girl saying something and I was wondering if that was Yeah, her, Bynes, really Ashley Bynes? Is that a name? I don't know. Ashley maybe. Bynes? It sounds like it's, it's a name. It's definitely a name. It's Is it the name? I don't know. Um, yeah, I'm okay. going gonna, gonna to reserve judgment on Lane for this episode because we really don't have enough time. <laughs> no, um, no. But so my point is uh, notoriety and credibility <laughs> where it's like your experience in education is that makes you credible mm-hmm. and that's what people should be after where just like they should be after people who are high value, not high price, but they don't know the difference. Mm-hmm. So the hard part with social media is like, how do you get across? Like, how do you try to be both? Right. Yeah. Because people have a high following, but they're, they're not credible at all. But people think that that's what makes them credible. Like yeah. People, I've literally had people message me, well, you said this and so-and-so said the opposite and she has more followers than you. And yeah. I'm like, fine go fuck yourself fuck up like person. i yeah. don't really care yeah. like you don't have to listen to me yeah. like you know i don't know but, no, it, and, but that's the thing it's like and getting back to like posting on social media and then having that dissonance between okay well, i know the check and x model works mm-hmm. i see it work and i mm-hmm. see it work with content that's completely daft but there's 
that's such a binary thing to say that this is wrong and this mm-hmm. is right. Where it's like, I mean, if if the answer you're getting for health and nutrition isn't it depends, it's the wrong fucking answer, mm-hmm. right? Like most people don't aren't specific enough in their question that your answer doesn't start off with it depends, mm-hmm. right? And then we you isolate the variables and you solve from there. Like I know that works. I'm not willing. That's a line of integrity I'm not willing to cross with my brand. Mm-hmm. I won't put up check and X. I'll put up a 10, 10 Instagram videos in a row explaining each gradation between each step between the X and the check. And like, well, if you do this, then do this. Mm-hmm. If you do this, then do this. If you do that, then do this. But so I know I'm limiting my following, but I'm protecting my credibility because yeah. that's something you can't really get back. Yeah. And then these flash in the pan accounts that come up, like I literally see people run out of ideas. Like, <laughs> Like the stuff you do. Everyone runs out of it. Okay, all those people who do the check in the X and like the this calorie, like this many calories versus that many calories, they all repost each other. Have you seen this? I don't follow nutrition the, pages. There's this whole group of them who all post these scammy infomercial esque posts, and then they all regram each other. Really? Yeah. Oh my it's god. It's really annoying. You, now, do you think there's like a closed door meeting that happens? Like, is I there, it's there's really a group weird. Message? I think they have a grext. I think they have a group text, and they all a grext. A grext. I'm so old. Oh my god, I've never heard that. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. If that, is that an LA thing, or is that just the fact I'm old thing? I think it's a. Fact how I'm old are old you? Twenty eight. You're not old. I'm a generation behind. Uh, Grext, I, you could have left me in here for hours and f- tried to figure out what Grext is. I would not have come up with group. <laughs> right, I this, okay. okay, carry on. Sorry. Okay, back to what I'm saying. I think they have a Grext, okay. a group text. Maybe it's a group me message. Do you know what group me is? No. Okay, whatever. They have a group message and they all tell each other to repost each other. And, yeah, that's, that. and they say, literally the captions say, check out this great post from my friend at blah, blah, blah. And I've been approached by some of these people. Like, do you want to join in on our whatever? And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. Like no. Bohemian yeah. Grove group. Well, it's because of- this is how they all grow a following. And then what they do is they put out one ebook. They put out a, a meal prep ebook. And then they make a million dollars because these people are so dumb. Do you they think they it. make a million dollars though? They don't. Okay. So all there's right. this big blogger. Names. Um, Drop it. Come on. I'll fight him. I don't give a fuck. Is it a guy or a girl? It's a girl. So she's just like a food stylist. And everyone Wait, wait, wait. A what? She's a food stylist. I have no idea what that means. So companies pay people to like style food and take photos. Oh, she's like Donna Hay. I don't know who that is. It's a magazine. Okay. Yeah. Basically, except for, you know, like online. But Donna Hay is a professional. So like food photographer, they style food. It's like all these ridiculous. It's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Yeah. It's really, it's a good legacy to leave. Um, so whatever anyway so she has a huge instagram following and people now she says she's a health expert which is okay and then she um she drops this this ebook and i know within the the first by the first day she had like made over two hundred thousand dollars because we did the math yeah um and that was just the first day off of like a 10 page ebook that was literally like here's roasted chicken yeah like Really? And that's the thing with nutrition is you can't invent foods. Yeah. Like, I feel like there's more variance in exercise selection than there is in, like, an avocado is an avocado. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, the obscure whole foods, like, this is, like, a tree. You can make an avocado rose. No, you can't. You, you can't. No, <laughs> you can't. No, no, you can't. teach you? You can't. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. I do not. I'm going to bring an avocado and show you how to do it. 
I usually eat my avocados without a spoon now. That's where I, I just like mush them into my face. I'm I'm fine with that. Yeah. I, I don't think I have time to be <laughs> styling my food. I eat 90% of my meals out of a plastic container on my lap where I'm driving from one place to another. Okay. That's, that's you the house style. You don't appreciate the meal experience. No, no, no. Don't get me wrong. Like you name a Michelin star restaurant in California. I've been to it. Okay. Right. I, I, there's the. It's either Timberlands or Gators. Like I got two gears. Mm-hmm. Like I'll I'll go out and I'll eat good food, mm-hmm. but that's one percent of the time. Okay. But more, it's utilitarian. Mm-hmm. It's not about taste. It's not about how it looks. That's for damn sure. So you won't have my chaga. Absolutely one day not. Out of the year. No. No. One day. No, because it's 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 that's a vote. That's a vote for an ad. I don't like. So remember, Doctor Oz. Do I remember him? I don't know. Is he, did you he die? Just, you just used the word grexed. I don't know what generation you're in. I don't know if that's before your time. Dr. Oz is very relevant now. He's like the... He's like the, Still? Yeah, people are listening. He's like the bad infomercial of health. He's the worst person You know, ever. so he's like, I know people who think that they're healthy. They're like, oh, I heard on Dr. Oz. And I'm yeah. Like, that's like, oh, I, I heard this thing at the urinal next to me. Like the guy was it's like, oh, okay. It's about on par with hearing something with a guy with his dick in his hand. It's pretty oh much God. hearing stuff with Dr. Oz. But the, I told you, where, where were we going with Oh, the chaga thing. Well, So when he first started talking about uh, resveratrol, mm-hmm. which is the stilbenoid in wine that... <laughs> What's up, man? Uh, this, like the stilbenoid wine that's supposed to be like an antioxidant or whatever. Mm-hmm the company that sold them sold out. So Tim Ferriss talked about a type of, was it like a, was like a sardine or something like that? Mm-hmm. Whole foods around the country sold out. I don't like, I don't like just the blind, like, oh, here, try this. Yeah. No. Why? And it's just like with training, like anything that goes in or on me researched. Because mm-hmm. it's like, I get one kick at this. I'm not just haphazardly dipping my toe into the water. I'm not easily influenced, I guess would be the best way. To I be. can sense that. Yeah. I can definitely sense that. But I think I think instilling, so cr- criticism to the point of cynicism mm-hmm. is kind of something that I, even in my seminars, when I go around and, uh, around all over and kind of speak about biomechanics, it's like question it. Because mm-hmm. I've questioned it and I'm the most stubborn person in the world and I've tried to dismantle all the things I say from every angle I can think of Mm-hmm. And I'm ignorant to think if I'm not going to come across someone. And I'm sure people are just s- smart and polite, and then they don't. Um, but I push people to try and try and tear this down, mm-hmm. try and tear it apart, because I've thrown everything I can at it. And when I present it, it's like this is ironclad. Mm-hmm. This is information you can use. Mm-hmm. Where it's like things like oh, that. Like where was this three years ago? Right. Like I feel so. You know um, the birds that eat out of the alligator's teeth. No. Or the you never heard of those? No. So there's it's like this relationship where the the alligator will open its mouth. Mm-hmm. The bird will land on the alligator's teeth mm-hmm. and pick food out of the teeth. And it just sits there. And it just it. sits there and the and the alligator sits because it's it's a mutually beneficial relationship, right? Mm-hmm. But at any point the alligator could just go like, Oh, I'm kinda hungry. Yeah. Down goes the bird. That's how a lot of these companies are existing, right? Companies that have been around forever that have products that are tested and true and have a benefit long-term physiological, like mm-hmm. the flash in the pan stuff. Like those guys are fucking millionaires right now selling mushroom tea 
what? That doesn't make any sense. It does. I mean, I mean, chaga has been used for like centuries sure. yeah, with yeah. different cultures. And it was just a matter of like, how can we make this? How can we source this sustainably and then make it marketable? Like, like they create a product that makes it taste good. Whereas okay. before people were like, I won't, I won't have it because they don't like the taste, you know. But people but still like, had it. It's not like chaga just like came out of nowhere. Like I drink, I drink Four Sigmatic, but I drink just like plain chaga, which literally tastes like dirt. Hmm. Um, and most people can't stop, but I just, I just drink it anyways. Yeah, was, but you're you though. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like you're not the market. Yeah. And the, like, they did the same thing in manual therapy. You know, have you ever heard of Graston? No. Have you ever seen people like in CrossFit gyms or anything that like have all these like bruises on them and their skin's all red? Mm. It's like they take like a tool and they like scrape it yeah. against their skin. Yeah. So that's Gua Sha. That's like, literally from an Asian medicine text from the year like 212. Mm -hmm. Like it's been around for a while, but what did this company do? They just found a good way to market it. Right. And so it's like they don't make their money off the dirt tasting chaga that mm. a few people, it's reaching the, the, the outer limits of these eccentric circles mm -hmm. of people who are just like, Oh, I'm going to be, I'm going to be healthy and have my chaga, but I fucking love Merlot. It's like, <laughs> you're missing the point. Like rank order these things on how they affect your health. Chaga here. And then, you know, your, your Xanax with your fucking Merlot at the end of the day is like, well, we're kind of like, you know, we're tipping the scales in the other direction. Yeah. And I just think when influential people, and not, it's like, I'm not accusing you of this. And I also not saying you're not influential, but like someone like Ferris, mm -hmm. you know, when that's the first four minutes of his podcast is him being some fucking esoteric, you know, fake Lyme disease guy in the middle of who knows where he looks terrible. He looks terrible. I, I saw pictures of him. I was like, dude. Maybe lay off the mushroom coffee or something. <laughs> but like the influence that he has, he has a response. It's all the fasting. <laughs> it's, uh, but like the there. influence that he has, there's a responsibility there too. Yeah. There's a responsibility to outline who this is. When this is like broad spec and that's the problem I have with mm -hmm. things and people who are in a place of influence, they need to respect that and send the right message because if all you're doing is lining the pockets of your Finnish friends, mm -hmm. sure. Yeah. But like, what good are you doing? What's your legacy? You know what I mean? Like you'll be remembered as a guy who's really good at peddling shit uh -huh. and then having on wicked guests after that. Yeah. No, thanks. I like that. I think that's a good way to wrap up. Good message. Yeah. yeah. I really, really like talking to you. Really? You're I didn't really know. I was, I was really like concerned about the are general tone of this. What? Not really. No, I've done enough of these now. Why that's the general tone of this. Well, because I was worried of like how frustrating I was making you just by not giving you specifics. But I think we, we wrapped it up nicely. I think that was good to put a fine. No, I thought that was really good message to end on. I suppose it's not really our choice if it was good or not. I mean, we'll see. Fine. We'll see how many DMs I get from your listeners. So do you want people to come say hi to you? Yeah. I honestly, I try and respond to every direct message I have. Okay, awesome. So, um, where tell people where uh, they can yes, get stuff this, from this, you. This, this whole thing. Plug uh, yourself. Uh, so, Instagram is at the underscore muscle underscore doc, D-O-C. Um, email jordan at the muscle doc com. If you're in the Bay Area, I practice in Mountain View, California and in Dublin, California. Um, so, East Bay, South Bay. Um, I think that's it. I don't know. Podcast, RX Radio, um, RX apostrophe D radio i don't know if i have to spell that out r-a-d-i-o no, um it. <laughs> yeah i think that's it i don't know if we'll give, give you my home address or something know, like that's great that's that's where you can find me that's where i live all right thanks cool thank you i hope you all got a kick out of that convo with dr jordan shallow 
You can find him on Instagram, The Muscle Doc, on his website, themuscledoc.com, on RX Radio. Let him know what you thought about this episode. Shout out to all the Canadians out there. When it comes to spelling, you guys know what's up. I definitely like Canadian spelling better than American. Anyways, make sure you join the Facebook group, Wellness Realness Podcast Tribe. Leave a rating and review on iTunes if you would like to give feedback. And I hope you have an awesome day. I'll talk to you again next episode. Bye.